start the show off or what you started off stevie you want me to start it off yeah start it off buddy okay hey what's go- ready we're ready to rock yeah yeah hey what's going on guys it's steve and here we're here on the thought exchange i got my co-host hey i'm cameron barkey how's it going and we got the uh ellersley mla rod introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself rod loyola uh, mla for edmonton ellersley this is my second term so i'm pretty excited yeah, I've already done four years under my belt, so ready to keep rocking and rolling. So yeah. I, I get how did you how did you kind of get into politics? I guess is the big thing. Well, um, well, Stevie, you know my. It's it's okay if I call you Steve. Do they yeah. call him Steve or do they call him Stevie? They call me Stevie. They call yeah, him Stevie, I yeah. Stevie. Stevie. Because I grew up with this guy. This is what a lot of people may not realize, right? Yeah. This guy, like I knew this guy when he was just little boy. <laughs> right, we used to our families used to hang out with each other, go camping, that kind of stuff. Back in the day, we yeah. used to hang out. We used to play hockey in your backyard, skate around on the on the ice rink, on, on the yeah. ice rink that yeah. your dad made. Remember dad used that? to make yeah. the whole backyard into like one big, big Gustavo. Yeah. Yeah, Gustavo, used to, yeah. Yeah, Gustavo, yo, that's sick, man. Yeah, 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 we used to have like lots of stuff going on there. Yeah, so we used to know each other from back in the day. So Stevie knows that. My, my family history where I came from Chile back in 1973. There was a military coup there. Yeah. And my family came here to Canada in 76. And as a result, when you come from a fractured democracy, you can't help but just talk politics all the time. Like around the dinner table, that's what you talk, right? Like you end up talking about these things all the time. And then so eventually it just kind of, I just became like this really kind of grassroots kind of guy that, always involved in human rights work and things like that and then so it's just natural progression ended up getting into politics yeah i guess the biggest thing is because like like i'm I'm kind of interested in a little bit of politics myself but i don't know if i would go into party politics just because i'm too i'm too vocal too too vocal in what i do i'm less like it would be hard to follow a party line but uh but definitely like um like uh thinking more in a city politics and, and municipal politics where you can actually just represent yourself, like basically be my own representative and then just worry about my constituents and kind of thing like yeah. that. Don't have to worry about other people telling me. I don't know, there's something about like having, you know, having to follow that that whole... Well, being in a party and having a different view of what your party is? Yeah. And so then them being yeah. like, yo, you can't really be like that because this is not what we're about? Yeah, that's, that what, what, I, that's what I get worried about. Like, yeah, like. Yeah. Cause like that's well, like it's always like a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a catch twenty two most definitely. But I mean, at the end of the day, like you're, you're, you believe in what the the central vision of what that party's trying to do, right? So that you're not going to agree with everything that the party stands for most definitely because you're an individual, right? Individuals have their own ideas about different things. But it, so it, then it becomes okay. Well, what do you? Which party do you align with the most? Mm-hmm. Right, and then are you willing to throw your hat in the ring, and and be part of that 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 party, like and kind of just and kind of just take, like give or take, like I'm gonna yeah. agree or disagree on a couple of things yeah, that you're we have to do. Agree on some things, uh, and hopefully the majority you agree on, right? And then so then and and that's my case, you know. Uh, for me, the New Democratic Party represents a lot of the values that I hold dear. And I believe in, I believe in people, I believe in working people. You know, it's like, uh, 
people that work hard every day and whether you own a business or you're you're a laborer or whatever the case may be like i believe in representing those people right and so that's why i'm with the new democratic party mm -hmm. yeah that's cool <laughs> let's uh i want to talk a little bit about uh for some people that don't know what uh what actually happened in chile because like a lot of we have a lot of chileans there's a huge, I don't know if you know about this, but... No, I'm just learning. I just want to learn. All the Chileans that came down in the 1980s and stuff like that mm -hmm. during that whole military coup. Cause people yeah, what happened? You said military coup in Chile. Yeah. Like, what so, went down with that? So back in 1970, we had a democratically elected president. His name was Salvador Allende. He was a socialist president, uh, democratically elected by the people, majority. Um, and uh, as a result, you know, he was putting in all these very progressive laws and some of them even like uh, land reform. What's a progressive law? So anything that, that, this is the thing, is that even you can break it down like here in Alberta, is that there's certain classes of people that you're going to be representing, right? And my argument has always been that conservative parties tend to represent the richest people in society or the most privileged and the most well-off people so for them keeping taxes low is absolutely essential because that's what's important to them because they're making so much money but your average joe right is just is just making their wage their salary whatever the case may be and even under the the previous government if you were making less than a hundred and nine thousand dollars a year you were being taxed at ten percent right so it's only those people that are making above a hundred and nine thousand a year and you go and you talk to any average albertan out there and they're like well yeah i make under a hundred and nine thousand a year so they're not paying any more taxes than they were under a previous conservative government than they were under the new democratic party government right so for me, it's, uh, it's about making sure that those people who are on the lower end of the economic scale get equal representation, not more representation, just equal representation to what a conservative party that tends to represent only the most wealthy or focuses on, on helping the most wealthy. And then what ends up happening is that under their policies, they're hoping that if the richest people are making a lot of money, then the rest will just, some of it will trickle down to the other people. Right? <laughs> I, always, I always thought that was funny because like, because <laughs> rich people don't spend money. <laughs> that, that's not how they become rich. They become rich because they, I don't save, know, I don't they actually, save I don't, money. I don't agree with that. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen, I, me personally, the way I've seen it, when you become rich, when you have lots of money, you save money and then you leverage lending. So what happens is, is you, you don't actually ever spend money, you leverage lending. So like, I, I have $100,000 in the bank, that means I can borrow a million dollars because I have $100,000 leverage. I borrow a million dollars and I use that million dollars to pay for stuff. So they never use their own money. And then they just take more from that. Uh, Isn't that smart though? And, but well, that's, it's, but that's it's definitely it's, a smart thing to do, yeah. most definitely. But the question becomes, does that, put more money into the economy, yes or no, right? So this is the thing, is that what ends up happening is it that... It puts more debt into the economy. It does. That's what it does, because you got, you got a, a million dollars worth of debt that was borrowed, and then what happens is, is now you have the people that have to work to pay off that debt. 
that's the way I lo that's the way I look at it. And then that one person who has a hundred thousand dollars just keeps adding. The brother wants to get one. in here. He well, no, no, no. I'm just saying. What? Okay, we're going back to Chile, though. We're getting yeah, off topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that yeah. went to the weird. Like, yeah, we yeah. could we could touch on that again, but we're talking about Chile. But you were asking what a progressive law is. Right? Oh yeah, so yeah. That's yeah. yeah. We're taking it back. So then, to that, yeah. so let's take it back to that, right? So then the thing is, okay. Well, how do you put money? in the hands of people, average Joes. So what was, what was the guy's name in Chile? Salvador Allende. That was the, that was the president. So he was a socialist who was democratically elected in Chile. In Chile, back in 1970. Yeah. Yeah. So then what, what ended is, up and happening? And this was also during the time when... There was a coup, they said? No, this is also during the time when the Americans were fighting communism and they were calling everybody commies. Yeah. They were calling everybody communists. They were calling, yeah. like... I'm just like, everything you're doing is communist, Russia's communist, you're communist. Everyone was be, whether you, if you were a social ideology, you were a communist because you were against. Because you were trying uh, against, to help the average Joe, yeah. the average man, right? Average woman, right? So for example, like, uh, and, and I'll give you another example of a progressive law, you, universal daycare, right? This is a perfect example because what ends up happening in very conservative societies is that what ends up happening, women end up staying at home. Why? Because they don't get paid enough in the jobs that they get. And if they go to work, the majority of the, what they get paid ends up going to take, put their kid in daycare. And this is what was happening here in Alberta. So women were staying at home because they were like, if they have one kid, it was like, for example, in my riding in Ellerslie, to pay for one child in daycare was like $1,200 a month. Now imagine yeah, it's cheaper if you got, to stay at home than to go to work and then pay all that money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So now... If you make it more affordable for that family to put that child in daycare, then the woman ends up going to work, she ends up earning pay, and then she pays general income tax on what she's making, right? So get this, if you subsidize daycare for that family and so that they pay a lower amount, then they put the child in daycare, she goes to work, she pays a general income tax, so the program pays for itself. It's like investing in people. And this is what a progressive law does. We invest in people, help save them money, money in their pocket, because what are they going to do? Not like the rich people that, would, that are going to leverage the money or invest they're it. Spend it. They're going to go and spend it. They're going to go buy that next TV that, they, that they've been <laughs> it's, dreaming about. It's really or they're going to go buy that car because now they're, they're, they're like, okay, I got a job. I, now I, I need to get around. I'm going to go buy that new car. So this okay? is a progressive law that happened in... Chile? So in Chile, in Chile. Not in Chile. I was giving an example of, oh, uh, of a progressive of here, law here oh, in Alberta, but that's an law. example of one. So, for example, in Chile, a progressive law would have been the fact that, like uh, Salvo de Allende, he wanted to make sure that every child had at least uh, a quarter of milk every day. There was like an actual milk program where they would go drop off milk at everyone's house, right? So like my, my older brother got to benefit from that program because at that time my parents were pretty poor. Mm -hmm. They were pretty poor working class people. But that investment of milk meant that they got to save money and they got to spend it on something else, right? And like that, you, the more that you put savings in the pockets of average Joe, they're going to go out and spend the money that they do have on other things that are going to support the economy. So this is what. So then, where did this coup come from in Chile? The Americans. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. I, I just yeah. don't know exactly what yeah. ended up happening. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah. So the Americans. The Americans. So Pinochet was the the military government, 
and uh, the Americans backed Pinochet yeah, uh, to US, take to take over the country. So the, he, there was a U.S. Backed. Uh, backed military coup to overthrow the the democratic the democratic government that was in power, and then Pinochet was in power, and then he started to attack anybody who was. How long? How long are they in power in Chile for? How, how long years. Is the term? A seventeen-year term. There was no. That's, no, no, that's no. after the coup. That was the the military oh. coup lasted for seventeen years. Yeah, yeah. See, the thing is that people thought, okay, this military coup is going to last two, three, maybe four years, and then it'll go back to democracy. But Pinochet, the the military dictator, was like, no, screw this. I'm going to bring in my own military class of people, and they ended up propping the whole society up to support him and his buddies during this entire time. So for 17 years, Chile was under a military dictatorship. Backed by the Americans, <laughs> because they had, because they were, uh, they were, yeah. oh, so what's, yeah. what'd you do there, buddy? <laughs> I'll go fix yeah. that. You guys keep talking about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that was the reality that happened. So, so this was in the 70s. Back in the 70s. And, and the thing is that this didn't just happen in Chile. This happened in Brazil, it happened in Argentina, not all at the same time, of course. We're talking about different, his, different times in history. But Brazil, uh, hit, uh, Argentina, it happened in Uruguay. Those are beautiful places. They're all very, very, very beautiful places. I was just in, well, actually, mm. this was almost a year ago now, but I, I did a couple of weeks in Costa Rica, and it was, like, so dope. Yeah, it was very, yeah, no, Central South Cent America, oh, beautiful, so beautiful, sick. beautiful place. Beautiful people, too. Yeah, no, indeed, indeed, indeed. That was, uh, yeah, I, d I, didn't, I didn't make it down to Chile. That was, I was trying to, but I just mm -hmm. didn't have enough time. I like when I travel, I like going to places and visiting there for like a long, like a, a decent amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like just showing up to a spot and be like, yeah, I just, I, I saw the Eiffel Tower. Like, yeah, like yeah. I want to be there for a while and get to know like people and stuff like that. I just don't want to take a picture and snap and run away, snap and run right. away. But if I was going to go to Chile, I'd want to take my time with it. I think there's a lot of probably really cool things to see down there lots every every play every country in the world has its beautiful things to see you know it's like whether it's nature or this or you know current attractions that they have art exhibits museums you name it like Mexico City for example it's like it's such a rich resource of culture and whether you're talking about like pre-hispanic times all the way till until now like yeah like it's got such a rich rich culture when's right? the last time you've been down to Chile? Oh. Yeah, or even Mexico City. I've never been to Mexico City. I've been to Mexico, but never like in, in it. Yeah. No, like, I've yeah. never been in it. I don't no, think I would survive. No, you don't want to go in there because no, no, like, no. it's dangerous. Like, I, I, I remember one guy who was from Mexico City. He told me like he saw a guy got murdered in front of him. And it, like when he was talking to me about it, like he, it, I think it really messed him up. Because like he had to get out of Mexico like right away. He's like, I can't be here. And he was still shook when oh, he was talking to me about traumatic. it here. And I'm just like, holy smoke. He saw someone gunned down right in front of him, right? So, like, that's scary. Like, that's... I, I honestly think it depends on... <laughs> well, I'm not, I don't want to say anything bad about your friend, but... If I, you, I, I it, don't, yeah, I don't really know him. Like, I've met him, like, two or three times and he told it, me the story. It depends on who you're hanging around. That's a big factor. If you're hanging around... Questionable people. Oh, well, that was the same thing growing up. In, like, it, when you grow up in Mill Woods, too. Like, I grew up in Mill Woods... <laughs> 
And I was just like, Mill Woods is. No, like, you can't compare Mill Woods to Mexico City, no, no, no. man. No, like, I know, I know, but I, I know. But on, what man. I'm saying is, like, I grew up in Mill Woods, and I never saw Mill Woods as being dangerous. Yeah. But there was there was constant there was killings going People on. People were getting yeah. killed on a regular basis in Mill Woods, especially when I was growing up. Not not Mexico City level. No, 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 no. But it was no, mostly no, no. because of the fact that the people that were getting killed and all were all part were all we're, involved in the drug stuff. We're, like yeah, we're they selling were being, each other. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So, the, like, I mean. Honestly, like the back in back in the nineties, Millwoods was quite questionable. Oh yeah, no, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it but it's not. It's not like dead in cars and stuff. I remember when yeah. I, was, I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, it's not. It's not killing people for your clothes though. Like there's places no, 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 in the no. world people, where like I'm were, killing you for your shoes. People were killing people for territory though in Millwoods. Like that's what I'm saying. Like like what happens is is that. And, and and you got to think about it like not this, Mexico City level killings is, though I can't like no 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 it's not that level but it was still on a lower level that was kind of what's going on so like the way I was looking at it is like these you didn't kids, see the danger these You're kids a kid. were the kids were getting these kids were getting like all of this drugs that they had to sell and they would sell it because they had to take that money and give it back to the guy who supplied them with the drugs and then what happened was is the guys who were supplying drugs didn't give a fuck who they were giving it to, so they would give it to you, give it to this, and everyone would have to pay them, but you guys were in the same, all of a sudden, the guy that you were selling to all the time is now buying from you. And you're just like, no one's buying from me anymore. And now you're panicking, they're nervous, they're stressed out, because they have to give that money back, right? So what ends up happening is they get in a fight with you, because you're selling to the guy that he's normally selling to, and they end up killing each other. Over, there's over fear and stress. Like, it was happening like crazy in the 90s. Yeah, it was, it was bad, man. But yeah. like I said, but if you're not involved in it, you don't see it. You don't <laughs> yeah, but if you were not con- like, I was not connected to it. <laughs> yeah. So no, no, yeah, I was, I, Millwoods was a nice, safe place for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it is. That's what, that's the that's the point I'm but, trying to make. It is. But like in 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 a Mexico City, for example, no. like you you could be totally away from the drug thing, and shit will still find you. Yeah. And, and well, but, that's because you're that's because, not gonna really that's because you're white. But, they're basically but, gonna they're gonna steal from you. Like, you're gonna they'll do the up. same thing to you. Yeah, you go down there and be like, "Yo, you're white." I you I, you up I have an advantage because yes, they're gonna steal from me, and two, they don't know that I speak the language. Mm. So a lot of times, I'll just play dumb, but I can actually they'll talk right in front of me, so I know what's going on. A lot of times, but the other thing though is like I, I don't want to give Mexico City a bad rap because look, man, if you if you're there during the day and you're just <laughs> watching out for yourself, you're, you're probably like, nine times out of ten. And fine. you're going to the museum and you're going to a restaurant, yeah, nine times out of ten, you're 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 fine. Yeah. But if you're going out late at night and you're going to some pretty sketchy places, well, guess what? You're gonna be around, you know, some sketchy situations. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a fair point. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's that's the thing. I just like for for because a lot of Latin America get, gets a bad rap, right? It's, it's like, oh, it's dangerous. And yeah, yeah, it's, there's dangerous things that happen. But if you go and you you're sticking to mainly during the day, and I remember last time I was in, last time I was in. Uh, in, uh, Help me in out Chile. here, bro. Don't tell a bad story. No, no, but I'm trying to get more people to go to Latin America. No, well, I no, love it. It's beautiful. No, but yeah, I, we're we're I, just saying, like, it's so dangerous. I had no idea. Like, so we're, we're staying. So me and my brother were staying in in, uh, in San Bernardo. Mm-hmm. Okay, so San Bernardo is like basically staying in like Spruce Grove, for instance, in the city. So outside, San Bernardo, what? Uh, Chile, yeah. outside of San, just outside, uh, outside of Santiago. Of Santiago. Okay. So it's like it's like being in Spruce Grove, right? Yeah. I had no idea. Like, this is where my bro- my my parents grew up. Like, this is their neighborhood, right? And uh, we're coming back from late night of Santiago. We come in, and the uh, the guy refused to drive <laughs> into the neighborhood. 
He literally dropped us off at the gas station and said, this is as far as I go. It's just like, we're literally like, it's like, no, I don't go in there. It's like, what? So either, either he was scared that we were taking him in and setting him up, but, I, but in the or end, he kicked us out of the vehicle. We had to pay him, kicked us out, and we had to walk back into the neighborhood, and we're thinking to ourselves, how dangerous is this neighborhood that the taxi driver won't drive in here? Yeah, that's so ridiculous. And we were in a gated, we don't have that And we were in from. a gated community, and I'm just like, this is weird. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm just like, this, this can't be good. <laughs> this can't be good. Maybe we shouldn't be coming back this late next time. Yeah, because it was like, oh, yeah. So like, that's that's when you know that something's up. When like you're thinking like, ah, oh, no big deal, blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then you got these guys that's just like, some people are just ruthless, though. I was driving around when I was in Costa Rica. It was about two in the morning. Costa we Rica's lo- super safe, though, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part, like, I en- we ended like, up. It's probably one of the safer places to go. Where did we end up? What's north of Costa Rica? Just right uh, on the border there. Uh, north of Costa Rica. Now my, I'm not. Yeah, what is my it? My geography is like not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that going right now. There I'll was like there. 20. I was around there at the same time. And it was about 20 Americans were killed. Were, is, were they just getting? Uh, it, they got slaughtered. They just they just stealing them or what were they yeah, doing? What happened? Anyway, Nicaragua. Like, Nicaragua. Yeah, Nicaragua. I ended up. We ended up there at like two in the morning. And then me and my buddy were like, <laughs> "What were you in the jungle?" Yeah, like, I was in the jungle. Yeah, I was in the jungle. Dude, that's where all the, like the drugs are being. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. You don't we want to be yeah, out there. Yeah, we were like, lost. Like you we get were, caught in someone's. Oh, I know. Someone's that's, farm. That's what I'm saying. We were lost. And, was, and we ended up in Nicaragua. We see a sign and it said Nicaragua on it. We're just like, <laughs> so just cross the border. Yeah, we crossed the border by accident, and it's like two in the morning, pitch black, in the jungle, and um, I was like, "This isn't yeah. good." I was like, "This is not good." Yeah, like not like good, not good. Like, we just stick out like a did sword, I, did though. Did I ever tell you the story I got a gun pulled on me in Ecuador? No. Never told you that story? No, never told you that story. <sighs> that was a wild story. That was a wild, like, it was my fault, though. Oh. In a sense that, like, I've, I marked myself big time. Because, like, I was down in Ecuador. I was down in Ecuador on a, uh, on like a, like a, like a mission retreat. What type of gun was this? I don't know. I think it was a BB gun. Like in my brain, I thought it was a BB gun. So I like, I, I wasn't too freaked out about it. <laughs> but like, but I have no idea. Like it was a handgun. The guy pulled out a gun. Could have um, been Beretta. Could have been whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was down there for uh, <laughs> a, like a doctor's mission. We were doing hip replacement yeah. surgeries and I was one of the translators. Yeah. So, but I left. We were in Quito and I left to Guayaquil mm-hmm. um, to go visit some friends. And while I was down there, it was one of their birthdays. So I had to buy a suit to go to a fine dining restaurant. I had no suit, so I bought a suit. And when I came back to Quito, I had my backpack, so I had no way of transporting the suit. So I just wore the suit back to Quito on the airplane. It's just in a one-hour flight. I went to the hotel, and then everyone had gone to eat already. So I went mm-hmm. to follow the map to go catch up with the rest of the group. So I left everything at the hotel, all my bags and stuff, except for my backpack, which had my camera, my passport, uh, like my laptop, everything was in there because wow. I'm thinking I'm not leaving it because if I leave it and someone yeah. steals it, not cool. <laughs> like, so, I'm walking, happens. so I'm walking now down the street and all of a sudden, and it was the weirdest experience ever because like everything just went like a video game where you're just, your senses went, my senses just went ping super high. I saw the two of them walking across the street and I caught them walking across the street and the guy pulls out the gun as he's walking. And as soon as he pulls out the gun, that's when everything went, ooh, and I saw everything. I saw a taxi cab driver was driving. He was stopped, and he's watching. 
this lady over here, she's basically frozen. She froze and she's holding her daughter in front of her. Uh, I look down, I see the barrel. And as soon as I saw the barrel, it was like a small barrel. So I'm just like, like, I'm like right away. my brain just goes BB gun. Like it just went. Dude, small barrel doesn't mean BB gun. I know, like but that's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, 22 little round. That was it doesn't matter, really but up. that's what my brain just said. It just said BB gun. Yeah, 22 So I looked down tiny. and then I just, and my, and instantly I just thought, keep walking. Like just, mm -hmm. just keep walking. Cause I was thinking to myself, yeah, just play dumb. Just not even play dumb. Just, just keep walking. Like you, like you know when. Like you own the place. No, like you know when. You people, just like owned it. You know when people ask you like um, for change. For change, and you just and you ignore just, them and yeah, you just walk you just past them, going, yeah. and you just walk through the situation. You said fuck it. Because I was on. just thinking to myself, and it's crazy how fast your brain works. Because I was thinking, if I stop, I'm in a situation. Because yeah. if I am in a situation, that means either one, they're gonna take my bag, or two, I'm gonna get shot. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be some sort of a thing, and I'm not giving up the bag. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to walk through like they're, not, like they're not even there. Yeah. So I just kept walking, but I knew they were going to try to how, get out of the bag. How long? Okay, so you made a decision in your head. You're like, do I stop? Do I do oh. this? What was like Millisecond. The millisecond. I know, but what, 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 yeah. was, what was the decisions? Stop, fight, run, keep walking. Like, what was... Those were all of the... Yeah, everything just went through. Were you just it, like, do I go for like, the gun? Do I punch him? Do I do this? Yeah, do I stop? and it was do just like... And the only thing... And it was just the answer just came. Keep walking. Yeah. Like, just keep walking. That's what it came. And then as soon as I walked past them... I knew right away too the guy was gonna try to grab my bag, so I held my bag and I pulled it into my shoulder. Like these are—I mm -hmm. don't know how you, these yeah, things come in, know, but I knew it. Yeah. And I just kept walking and I pulled the bag in here and I just waited to, for the touch because yeah. I knew they were gonna grab the bag. Because when the guy came, it was "Dame la mochila, dame la mochila," right? Yeah. So I knew. What was does that say? Give me the bag. Yeah, give me the bag. Dame la mochila, dame la mochila. And so then I went, and then as soon as I felt him kind of like. Like this, like as he was reaching it, I was, I was waiting for it. As soon as I felt that, I went wham and I pulled it around because I used my shoulder and I pulled it around. I did a full 360 and looked at him. I go, fuck you, right in his face, right? And now two guys are holding guns at me, but they were like, they were throwing, Whoa, they were throwing it back. Two guys are holding guns at me like this and they were throwing it back because they were just like, what the fuck, you know? Like, yeah. And I said, fuck you. And I gave him like that. And then I, I turned around and I just kept walking. And they, and then I walk for about like four or five steps, and I'm like, "Fuck! Don't follow me! Don't follow me! Don't follow me!" And I look back to make sure they weren't following me. Like uh, I turn this way to cross the street, and I look to see if they were, and they were looking at each other, and they turned Probably around so and walked the other way. And I crossed the street and went into the bar. And the second I went to the bar, my heart sunk. I was like, "What the? F what the hell was that? Yeah. Like, what the fuck just happened?" You grab a beer, or a little cerveza. I was, or what no, are you doing, man? I would have been like, a, "I need a tequila." It, it was like, the weirdest shit. feeling. I had to tell some. I just told some random guy, like, like some go. random, some random guy. I was like, "Dude, like, I'm just like, I knew he was like American or something." I'm like, yeah. Dude, I just had a guy pull gun on me. I was like, but I was like, it was like this happy, like, I can't believe I got through that. <laughs> like, I'm surprised you got through. And that. I was just like, "Holy smokes, I dude! Can't why didn't they just light you up? Like, yeah. that's insane." There, like was too what, many, like, there was too many witnesses. Do they care at that point? No, but there was a lot of witnesses. Like I said, like I made, yeah. a, I made a big ass scene, and I had a whole bunch of people just staring and watching them. They, they and they, mm -hmm. they became very aware that they were being watched by, in a busy street, yeah, yeah. by a lot of people. And on top of that, I, I freaked them out a little. Or bit. Or maybe too. it was a BB gun, and they were like, "Well, I guess we, if we shoot them, it's not going to do much." Like, yeah. Either way, maybe. either yeah. way, I was just like, so from there, I waited until they walked away and they left, and then I got into a cab right away and went back to the hotel. I was leaving the next morning. I'm like, I'm just I'm out of here. That's my cue to go. That was my cue. I'm out. Drop the mic. I cannot believe that story. Yeah, that's that what is, happened. I was just like, dude, that's insane. That is a yeah. crazy story. That was that was that was it.
That was. I'm like happy a, to say I've never had a gun pulled on me. Yeah, it was a weird experience, but it was it was the it was, the, it, was it was the slow motion <laughs> effect, like the, the the video games. I'm sure other people have experienced it. That's why they put it in video games, where everything goes into like slow motion. It's just weird. It was weird that your brain our brains do that. Was that like a DMT hit or something? <laughs> I'm being honest though, because doesn't that stuff get released when you're about to die? I don't know if it's, I don't know. You know when light flashes before your eyes, then don't they say you get a big rush of DMT? I don't even want to bring DMT up in this. That's like, <laughs> it's so like, uh, you overused, you know, yeah. but I don't know. Or maybe yeah, just the no fight idea. or flight or I don't crazy know. adrenaline shot. I just think shot. it was like an adrenaline shot because like yeah. my body just knew what to do. I lost, like, I'm telling you, I, I like, I wasn't, you weren't I, in control I don't of think it. I was in control at that point. I wasn't making choices. Like it was literally yeah. just like, like everything was instinctual. Like everything yeah. was instinctual. Like I was just. I was just sucking in information. I was like going boom, boom, boom. And yeah, everything yeah, was like, like, and I was like, and, and I think it was because it was. Automatic what, pilot kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but I think we always suck in that information though. This is what I think. Oh, I, yeah. think I think we were always sucking in that, that amount of information, but because it was such a high state of emotion, it was a high emotional state that everything, I remember everything. Because it's the same thing what happened when I had the, had the campfire incident. Yeah, I remember yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. everything. Like, because it, because it. Were you there for that? Yeah, I was there for that. That's crazy. Yeah. What what's were you your, doing there? Yeah, guy? what's your perspective of that? <laughs> oh, oh I can't you, think we're going to get into Yeah, this, we're getting so. into it. Okay, uh, how do we even start this? I think Stevie was telling me that uh, he wants to hear your side of the story because he never heard it. This is this was my idea. Okay, so for people Have who you heard this? I mean, have you heard his side of this story? No, I haven't. So We didn't discuss this a lot. No, yeah, this is crazy. So This is actually so this cool. Is, so for people who out there who don't know, so like when I was six years old, I was set on fire. Accidentally, I was set on fire by a um uh by a gasoline tank while we were trying to set up this is a quick story but of uh uh so horrible my uncle was trying to start a fire was this you no no i wasn't trying he's trying to we were both little yeah we were were tiny he was trying to start a fire and uh the gasoline tank got caught on fire while he was trying to light the campfire and it was burning his hand and he threw it over his head did it hit you? Hit me and set me on fire. Holy shit. So that's like the short Coles Notes version, but there's a lot of details in there that I have fully embedded in my brain and my memory, like that I remember down to like, you know, me and my sister fighting for the hammock before it even all happened. I remember you guys fighting for the hammock before it happened, <laughs> right? I remember that. And then I, I remember that I was playing with, with Pancho, like yeah. one, of our, one of our cousins. Yeah. And... Uh, and my and one of my younger brothers, Alvaro, I believe it was, and we were just kind of like off to one side from the from the campfire, like so. I remember vividly like seeing our our uncle trying to get the the fire started, and then I I remember hearing you and your sister fighting over the the, the hammock. Yeah. Was the fighting over the hammock like right before this happened, yeah. or like it all like, like was like it was? Oh, like you were yelling like, "Oh, give me the hammock!" And then it was like, "Oh, like, shit, I was, I'm on fire!" I'm a six-year-old kid fighting with my 11-year-old sister yeah. over whose turn it is to be on the hammock. So yeah. I'm, I'm like just being like, "You're being a kid." Yeah. So my dad get hit with a can of gas. So my so my dad's like, my dad's like, Stevie, come here. Yeah. Right. And then I got in trouble, and he said, "Come here." And he sat down next to me. Yeah. So then you get and hit at with that point, you were walking past the fire, past the, the campfire area. Or so like, so what happened from there? Because so I, I don't. Because I, I remember I'm, I'm playing. Yeah. So I wasn't even like I remember like seeing the the scene. Yeah. But I, at that moment, <laughs> all I remember is like hearing screaming, and then all of a sudden seeing this guy on fire. 
Yeah. I, I, I like. I want to point out that we all have that uncle who uses gasoline <laughs> to start fires. <laughs> we all have that uncle who yell, just uses gas to, to start fires. I had to yell at my dad one time because, like, I remember one time I had. Uh, oh, keep going on the story. What okay, happened? Like, okay. yeah, yeah. So, what, okay, so, what, yeah, what happened? So I'm walking down to my dad, and my dad's like, "Stevie, sit here," and he literally said, "Sit here," right? So he points He's yelling at sign. you. But I'm six, and for some reason, I, I'm trying to still be disobedient, so I sit on the left, left-hand left side of my dad. If I stayed there, I would have been okay. Yeah. But my dad, because my dad's like, you know, you listen to what I say, and it's, there's that, there's that yeah. battle, the fight. Oh, because you're being a little asshole. Like, I'm a... sitting beside you, but he's like, no, you're here. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I'm, beh- I'm so beside you. I told you. you to sit here. Yeah. Here, yeah. Not, not, not there. Here. I told here. you to sit yeah. here. Yeah. So that's, so that's what's so, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so my dad's just like, I said here. So I was just like, so I got up, and I sat down next to him on the edge of the, on the, edge of the picnic table. And then I just pouting. And, and then you get hit with a can of gas. And then I get hit with a can of gasoline on that side. Where's Boom. Gustavo? He's here. Oh, he was right beside you. Right beside me. Yeah. But the gas canister hit me here and it poured down my side. Oh, so then God. my whole, so literally my whole side was up in flames. Like I was like, I had a tank top on and I was just like. Getting lit up. Lit up. And oh. at that point I was, I was, I wasn't there anymore. Like, like it was, um. You know when they talk about out of body experience, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. I was watching myself, but everything was like, like gone, like no feeling, no emotion, no. I was, I wasn't here. Were you in pain? No, I felt nothing. I was do you think? Lit. Do you think if you were on fire longer, you'd still be, you'd be in pain? I don't know. It was literally shut. Everything shut down. Wow. Like so, from there, now it was just memories. Mm. Because what happened was, is my dad had grabbed me and he threw me onto the floor, and the way my brain was thinking. So I'm on the floor now, and I had this, uh, we had that red camper van. Yeah. Remember the red yeah. camper van? So yeah. like this, it was like a van with like the little hood things, but it was red. So I'm literally on the floor, and the van is just over my head here. And you know, when you're looking through fire, it's like all wavy and foggy yeah. and stuff. So You remember that? All of it, bro. All of it. Oh like it's God. all there. So I'm lying on the floor, and I have people on this side, and people on this side. On me. I don't know who, there's just people there, right? And all because everything is blurry, like it's all blurry, and yeah. because you're looking through the fire, so everything is like, is completely like like this. But in my brain, in my brain, I thought I was being sucked under the van. So sucked under it. Like, I thought I was mean? being sucked under the van. Like I thought my like my essence, everything was me, was being sucked under the van, and they were trying to keep me from being sucked under the van. That's what my brain was thinking. You remember this as a six-year-old still, dude, vividly. <laughs> vividly like I, I can see it still and then what do you see where, where are you I just you know man it was just a huge commotion man it was just a huge commotion and all the adults just coming in and I don't know like did they bring blankets or something and they were trying to put you out they or were something? taking off this sh- oh they off. were taking off your shirt yes yeah my, yeah, uh, my tank top was it was melting to him probably it was melting onto yeah. my skin so they were like trying to like pull it off of him I just remember like a Whole bunch of adults all around you. That's what that's what and, I that's what I saw. You know, like yeah. all of these adults, poof, all around. And me. and then some of the moms are like trying to keep all the other kids away, right? Because you know, like, <laughs> but it was I think it was all the dads that were trying to like help you and get you figured out and nah. But it was scary. It was yeah. scary. It was a scary situation, man. And so like, then that happened. And then from there, I was picked up. My mom picked me up, and she ran out of the campsite around the corner. And there was like this, uh, those little water canister things, you know, like where you like the, where you um, turn the taps on and the water comes. Yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're talking That's about. That's when I came back. 
So as soon as she took me under there and she threw me under the water. And then the shit hurt. Then I snapped back. Yeah. Like I snapped back to back into the... I was They're like, going, ah, it's cold! You know, and I came yeah. back. Because it was super cold. And I was like, holy smokes, it's cold. Then they had me wrapped in blankets. And then... I the, remember the blankets. Then the RCMP were there and they were driving me. And I still haven't... I still, like everyone's still hysterical. No one's talking to me. Nobody's talking to me. Like, they're, they're fucking hysterical. It was, it was a traumatic experience, <laughs> man. I was probably the talk of the family for how long? Oh, gosh. Yeah. How many years was that conversation <laughs> going on? I remember when Uncle set Stevie on fire. <laughs> and, uh, and so, like, everything was traumatic. And I was just like, and I still, like, no one's talking to me. And I still don't know what happened. Like, I was just mm-hmm. like, and my mom's, like, losing it. Like, she's in the car. We're in the, we're in the RCMP or uh, the park ranger's vehicle. And he's driving us to the hospital, right? And I'm in there, and my mom's, like, freaking out. And I'm just like, um, what happened? And she's like, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, don't ask again, because hey. she's hysterical, man. Like, she was hysterical. Oh, yeah. She was well, freaking me out. Imagine? Well, yeah. could you imagine? I mean, it's your kid, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. so I don't ask anything. And then, and then the next time I kind of remember from there, I remember being in, uh, in the hospital. They had bandaged me up, and I was in, um, I think... I think they may have put me under because I woke up mm-hmm. uh, on, uh, in, in the bed and I had all these bandages on me and I was in there and I was just, that's probably when they started to tell me what was going on and what had happened. And I, when I woke up in the bed and, and yeah, so all of that shit kind of happened there. But the whole thing is I wanted to do, I wanted to make a film about this and I wanted to, and I, I do, I wanted to do like a, uh, almost like a documentary yeah. But do every single person's, person's perspective. perspective before the accident. So whatever anybody was doing uh, at the time. So like if yeah. you guys were playing uh, yeah. soccer or hockey or whatever, yeah. do a little story on that. Yeah, cool. And then and then, ah! <laughs> and then and then cut yeah, to another story. story yeah. And then until you get to the full story, right? Uh, that's pretty cool. That'd I thought cool. I think that I think I have to do that one because like it's so vivid in my brain and and I have no idea what everyone else's perspective was. So it would have to be one of the... Well, I don't even know if people still be, remember be, it. Well, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long like, time. It's like, what, Like, I'll be honest years? with you. Like, I, I don't remember too many details. I just remember... I remember playing, seeing you on fire, then the parents <laughs> freaking out, and then that was... And, that was and that's probably all you're really going to remember because yeah. that was the point when it was traumatic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like it's hard. It was, it was very yeah, he's not gonna remember what he was doing before. No. Like not fully. Like not in no. vivid detail. You'll just remember bits and pieces. That was a long time ago, Stevie. Yeah. 32, yeah. 30, 32 years ago. Holy shit. Thirty-two years ago. That's Thirty-two wild, years man. ago. Yeah, it was a long time. We're ago. going into the eighties here, buddy. <laughs> 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 it was the eighties. That's was insane. Garner Lake. That was a Garner, different time. Garner Lake. Garner Lake. Garner Lake. I remember it being yeah. Garner Lake. Where's yeah. Garner Lake? Just north. North just of north, here. North of here. Um, yeah. An hour, hour and a half, or a couple hours, a couple hours from here. Yeah, Gardner Lake. That was uh, that was where it all happened. That'd be a cool documentary, actually. I think if you so. could if you could piece it together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd have to piece it together to figure out. You know, mm-hmm. I'll end up doing all the interviews, and I'm like, no one's stories. Actually, it's a whole bunch of boring stories. Yeah, I was sitting playing cards. I'm oh, just like, was, okay, I'm gonna I make. Remember what I was doing? I'm gonna make it up. It's gonna be like a like a mockumentary. <laughs> with only parts of being actual factual. Yeah. So. <laughs> Stevie, that's hilarious. So what's the what's the plan with you now, Rod? What's going on? Uh basically just uh well, you know, MLA life is is quite stressful. I see the hat. 
So my my thing right now is to strike a, as much work-life balance as I possibly can. That's extremely important. Yeah. So four years ago when I was elected the first time, <coughs> I used to weigh 285 pounds. A good weight or bad weight? Bad weight. Okay, yeah. I was supremely overweight. I was I, I was morbidly obese. Like that's 285. The yeah, at your height would be morbidly yeah. obese. Yeah. And I think I'm obese too, with the height and weight weight thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the index, you got a lot, the you index, got, yeah, you got yeah. a lot of ma- muscle mass. Though. Yeah, the index yeah, doesn't yeah, really yeah. doesn't the index kind of BS. But yeah, it, yeah, if you were like big, yeah. It's not so good. then for me, it was like uh, the stress of the job was actually affecting my health. Yeah. So then um, I ended up going to see my doctor. My doctor was like, "Look, man." If you don't start doing something about this, you're not going to see your kid graduate. You're not going to see your kid get married. You're not going to see all these things, man. So it's like you're going to have a heart attack and you're going to die. He was straight, he's straight he up was with you. straight up with me, yeah. Just straight up with me. And I kind of appreciate that, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Honesty. No, it's, it's good. It's, it's good because it, it actually made me realize that I have to start taking care of myself. And the reality was that I had a good friend uh, also was like, look, man. Your job is to take care of other people and help them. And if you don't take care of yourself first, how are you going to help them? Right. Right. So then, and you know what? It started off with just becoming more knowledgeable about the food I was eating. Yeah. And ended up getting myself a sitting the standing desk because I was sitting all the time. And just that small little incremental change in my life just got me thinking more and more about how to be more healthy everyday wise. From, have, from like, hey, I need yeah. to stand up right now and, and, you, and then... Oh, yeah, just standing at my desk because you burn more calories standing than sitting, you know, and, and, and then it just became like, look, man, I got to get healthy and it's just like, what small changes can I do in my life that can encourage this, mm-hmm. right? Because so many people, when they see someone who's lost, and I've lost over like 100 pounds now. Damn. Right? And what, what, what's the time frame in that? About two years. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so many people that see someone who's lost so much weight, they're like already thinking, oh, well, you lost all this weight, man. Like, like, how do you do it? Well, right now, now I jog like 20 minutes, three times a week. I go to yoga every, every morning, Monday to Friday. I do hot yoga yeah. just to kind of maintain, you know. And, but I didn't start. Yeah, you there. can't do that at 285 or 300 yeah, pounds know, overweight. Right? So then what I always like telling the story because it's like it's small incremental change that you have to introduce into your life that is going to gradually get you to the place where you're now jogging yeah. 20 that's minutes all, that's a day. All, that's the whole thing of how you eat an elephant. Yeah. One, One bite, bite at a time. time. Yeah, you know? bite at time. yeah but bite if you're 285, you're not eating no elephants, No, man. but that's, <laughs> a, that's, that's the thing that goes like... You got to stop eating the elephant at that point. That's what people, yeah. people need to realize though too is that they, it's, uh, it's the small steps in the direction that you need to go. This is why... This is why I talk about, you know, it's very important to mm-hmm. kind of have a plan or a direction that you're going so that way you always make your decisions and that, that move you towards that direction all the time, all the time. Yeah. Because if you're constantly taking, if you're not even thinking about it and you're just sub- yeah. subconsciously just like going out, having drinks, this and that, that's when you become distracted. I'm like, well, you're not moving in the mm-hmm. direction that you want to go. You're moving in, in a random direction that you have no idea where you're going to end up. So, were you just eating really terrible food? I was, man. I was. Like, even before being elected. (laughs) No, my big thing was, like, Friday night was kind of like, oh, Friday night. I can do what I want. I can do whatever I want. I'd go get pizza. I'd, like, stop off at the 7-Eleven before hitting home. 
and I'd pick up like a bag of chips and some pop and like I'd go home and watch a movie, order the pizza. And it was like this every Friday, right? And it's just like, I, I wasn't caring about what I was putting in my body. Mm-hmm. And then, and so this is the thing is that I like to tell a lot of people, man, because so many people are, oh, how'd you lose all the weight, man? How'd you lose all the weight? And I'm like, look, it's 80% what you're putting in your body. Like, don't think that exercise is going to get you. Like, exercise is a big, is a part of it, but it's 20% of it. 80% of it's what you're actually eating. So if you're eating garbage, guess what? You're never going to get to your goal. You get a garbage Gar- result. Garbage. I, was actually, I was actually taught that it's 100% at 100%. You got to be 100% on your diet, and then when you're in the gym, it's 100% in the gym. It's not like well, that's 50-50. A good way. It's a you know good what I'm way saying? Of looking at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's just the way I was. People would be like, "Hey, it's a 30% diet and mm-hmm. 70% this or 50% no, no, no. mindset." Two separate things. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like it's like only I'm gonna. Look, I know, I'm going to work on my brain 20%. I'm like, uh, you should work on your brain 100%. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I know, I know, I know exactly what you're but saying. But you know what yeah. I'm saying is like, yeah. so many people think it's like. Oh, well, it's, it's diet and exercise, and it's kind of like some, like an equal distribution of the two things. And I'm like, no. If you're, I, get, I get where people are going, right? But yeah. I mean, it's like start focusing first on what you're putting in your body. Because the minute that you start, you start thinking about what you're actually putting in, then that's more than half the battle. Like, that, think of it in terms inclu- of battle. That includes yeah. on everything, though. Everything, like, that's yeah. everything, because like, that includes on what you're reading. That's what you're putting into your brain. What yeah. what kind of television shows you're watching, mm-hmm. right? What mm-hmm. kind of television show? The people you're surrounding yourself with, you know, all of that stuff. So like, all that stuff is has influences on on your body and, and what direction you're going. You know, whether yeah. you're going and exercising, getting the blood flow, what kind of foods you're eating. Like, I'm becoming a little bit more conscious of my foods. I've gone through a couple cleanses now where I've done a few fasts, mm-hmm. where I'm like literally eat nothing, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, when you start eating again, you feel the shitty food. You oh, yeah. feel it. Like, so you, so you say you were. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. No. But you say you're you're stressed out. Yeah, what? no, it's a stressful job, man. Because I mean, at the end of the, like, I mean, think of it as having three full time jobs in one. The first job is actually showing up at the legislature and debating laws, and you're there at the legislature Monday to Thursday. You're working on all that stuff. Second job is then all the people that are walking through your constituency office door and, and helping them with whatever it is that they need. Like some person might come in and be like, look, man, I just got laid off and I don't have enough money to make it to the end of the month. So they're going to need some kind of income support to help them out. Be like, OK, well, uh, can we pay your electricity bill? Right. So then what they end up applying for income support. They end up getting their electricity bill covered for that month. That's it. And then just to kind of help them get by, right? Until they can figure out a more uh, a long-term, long-term plan. Long-term play, yeah. Yeah. And the third so, one's promoting yourself? And then the, the other one's promoting yourself. You have to be out in the community connecting with people on a regular basis. So every evening you're You need out. meetings, you need Yeah, you're meeting events. with people, you're at community events, you're... Speaking. You're yeah. living the job. You're living Yeah, it. you're living the job. It's, it's, it's stressful though. Yeah. And so many people are like, oh, well, you guys get paid so much, right? And just so that people have an idea, it's like you get paid 127000 a year, but you're working 24-7. Like the only times when you're not working is when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Because you, you are accessible 100% of the time as long as you're not sleeping. 
And so, for example, like people will like hit me up on Facebook 12 o'clock at night and they ask me a question. I'm like, okay, I can wait until tomorrow morning to answer that or I'm up. I might as well just answer get it, get the question it, get it quick and get now, it out yeah. of the way. Like instead of like thinking about it all night and then like I'd rather like rest, yeah. sleep. But you know what though? Peacefully. That's This is where you're going to have to learn how to comp, comp, uh, comp, what is it, carp? Compartmentalize. 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 But you know what? I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. Yeah. Right? Like I get where you're going because you're like, oh, but then you're working all the time, right? No, but you set a precedence. It has nothing to do with working all the time. Yeah. You set up a precedence because mm. if people can get a hold of you at 7, 8, 9, 10 o'clock, they will. If you set a precedence where you don't respond to them after 6, they're not even going to send you a message until the morning. I get that. You know, I get and that. this is what ends up happening. But I strive on being the most accessible MLA as I possibly <laughs> yeah. can. I do. And 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 the people love me for it. Like Yeah, it has its pros and cons. It can it, one people love you for it. Like just in, in whatever niche or whatever industry. If you're a plumber and you're available yeah. all the time. You're available all the time, you're gonna be fixing pipes at three in the morning. You know? Yeah. It's the and, same thing, yeah. Same thing with the, with the videography stuff, because people know that I'll bend over backwards for them. Mm-hmm. They need me tomorrow. If I can go, I'll make it happen, you know, even though like... And that's the thing. And I'm honest with people, right? Like if I can't make, make it happen like at that time, then be like, look, man, just wait until the morning, right? Like I'm, I'm pretty honest <coughs> with people, right? But if it's something like I can quickly... Do, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's just like sometimes people just want me to connect them to somebody else. Hey, can you send me over here and do this? Yeah, you can yeah, do that. Easy, do those little like, things okay, quick. Boom, boom. Like quick text and boom, it's done. Yeah. And it's out of my mind. You know, I don't have to worry about it anymore. That person feels great because I responded to them in a timely manner. So and and that that makes all the difference. Yeah, right? I'm the same way as you. I I don't do it because I'm available. I do it because if I don't respond right then, I'll forget and yeah. then I'll remember like three days later. Go, oh shit, shit I didn't yeah. respond. Do you feel exactly. do you feel good, do you feel good operating like that? Like does I that feel wonderful? Does that like take I'm, your stress down? That takes my stress down. Okay, that takes my stress down. Because yeah. if I if I waited for it and I was like, okay, well I'm gonna have to like make a note, like nah. I'd rather just take care of it right away. Yeah. Right. But I mean, and and I love the job. I really love the job of representing people and helping people and and debating on laws and these kinds of things. So, for me, uh, as much as it is work, it, it is work. But at the same time, it's kind of like I love my job. So it's kind of like I I love what I do. What right? What did you do to? You're talking about you're having uh, terrible food habits. Mm-hmm. Um, probably sleep wasn't that good. Sleep was not that You stressed out, sleep, drinking coffee. I sleep much better right now. Now I don't drink coffee after 4 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah? So you're probably drinking coffees. And then we're talking about stress. And uh, stress has a crazy effect on the body Mm. where it uh, degenerates the cells down. Like it's very, stress is what, stress is, I'd probably go out on a limb and say that's what kills people. Literally. It's not heart attacks, it's the stress that causes. Well, eventually that causes it. Eventually that causes it, but the underlying root I think is people being stressed out. And I think that we we live in a society that's supremely stressed out. Everyone's stressed out. Because they don't know. Like that's that's where stress comes from. It comes from the, the, the unknown. That's why people like routine. That's why people like to like. You know, they like steady paycheck. Like that's what some people they like steady paychecks. Well, they like a routine. They like they like yeah. to know know the next day. They know what's gonna happen because. But the reality of the situation is is that nothing is like there's everything's in constant flux and constant everything. change. So if you learn to be comfortable in that and just absorbing that, 
and being like, okay, I can just flow. That's not this. that's not good though. Being in a constant state of stress all the time is not. is is very tough on you if you're constantly. So then it stressed. becomes how do you deal how do you deal with it how do you cope with it how do you how do you mitigate it how do you how do you like um, figure out ways to to just welcome what's stressing you out. That's what that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at you because mm-hmm. if you lost the two hundred and uh, or the hundred pounds or mm-hmm. more than hundred pounds. Uh, obviously, you figured out a way to do that. So, yeah. would you mind sharing a couple of those little little hints? Well, number one is like compartmentalizing your day, like you were yeah. talking about, right? Like, so you need to start if you're if if being healthy is something that you want to do, it, then you need to prioritize it and make it a part of your life. Yeah. So for me, uh, uh, at the beginning, it was like it, it was started off as just lunchtime. So we're lucky enough and privileged enough to have a gym at the ledge. So during my lunch hour, I would go, and I, at first I was just walking. Remember, I'm 285 pounds. I can't I, even picture you like that right now. <laughs> I was a big man. I yeah. was a big man. And so I would just go walk at lunchtime on a treadmill in the gym. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it came to, okay, jogging, doing weights, doing this, doing the other. Then eventually we began, I had a friend invite me and it was like, well, you should check out yoga because it's relaxing. And let me tell you, for those, for those people who haven't tried yoga... Go try it at least once before you knock it. Yeah. Because let me tell you, like after doing hot yoga, I come out of there like so zen, man. Someone could walk up to me and like give me the finger right in my face and I'd be like... You're chill, hey? Yeah. I'm so chill. I'm like <laughs> so chill. Like I, like people could come up to me and do like anything to me and I'd just be like... Hmm. It feels so good, the hot yoga. Oh. I used God. to go... I got... Uh, I got coerced into it. I was like one of the guys, like f- f- football type guy, like oh, yoga. Yeah, yeah, dudes yeah. don't do yoga, like some yeah, pansy ass shit, yeah. right? And then I wanted to go uh, for ex girlfriend of mine, and uh, I just she kind of coerced me to go, and I was like, I'll watch her do yoga. Like I was there for the wrong reasons, like t- <laughs> just like a typical guy, and I'm I'm in there doing yoga, and I'm just like I'm doing it, but I wasn't really in it. But then I got like I was like I'll actually get into this. Anyways, I finished that session. I was like, holy shit, this was freaking tough. But I felt so good afterwards. I was yeah. like, I kind of like this yoga thing. But I was, I was embarrassed to admit it. <laughs> <You laughs> well, know? it's good, man, because let me tell you, I've been doing it for an entire year, and I feel stronger. Yeah. Like, you know, like I feel like, like before, like, I, I honestly, like, doing 10 push-ups was difficult for me. Yeah. But now that I've been doing yoga for an entire year, bro, like, let me tell you, it's like not You've been doing off. it five days a week, an entire year? And hot yoga uh, well, is this month? I mean, give or take, like, there's been a few weeks where I, I've, I've had to miss and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I've taken vacation, obviously, through that, through that year. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like five times, uh, five times a week. And now, you know, knocking off 25, 30 push-ups is no big deal. Is that, uh, do you think that yoga helped really mitigate that stress? Oh, completely. Is completely, that one of the big things? You're a big advocate yeah, for the, the stress reduction. Well, even just anything that, that helps you focus on stress right, or, or help on an exercise, right? Like getting that regular 30 to 45 minutes a day of exercise is going to help you. Well, it helps change your state of mind. Like, like um, yeah. if like where there's, if like you're in a position where like you're, like you, let's say you're emotionally distraught right? Mm-hmm. You have to physically, like there's certain things that you can do to physically change your state by like one, like maybe standing up and, and doing jumping jacks, like, and just like, you know, if you're feeling really, really down and, and, mm-hmm. and low, Gets like the adrenaline going. just not even it, that, yeah. it's just changing the state. state. Like, so like if I'm in this position where I'm like, I'm down and out and I, and I stay here, 
I will stay in that yeah. state and stay in that, that yeah. mindset. Yeah, but if I change my positioning and I change and I say I sit up tall or I do these weird superpower poses or you know I start swinging my arms up in the air, what happens is your brain changes states yeah, yeah. and it actually moves into a different... And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I got through that. I'm okay. And you know, a big part of that is like the confidence that it builds in you too. Like once you start getting healthy, you're in a different state of mind, you're like, you, you're, you're, you're more confident in yourself yeah. and what you can accomplish, whether it be physically or mentally or whatever the case may be, right? So it's like, and then for me, on top of that, I think that I'm a person who's very uh, reflective. I, I, I enjoy taking time out of my day to be like, hey, I need to close the door right now and I just need to think. Yeah. I just need to think. Yeah. A lot of people, like, they, we've, we've lost this kind of tradition of just whatever you want to call it, reflection, meditation, whatever, like we don't do this as human beings as much anymore in today's society. Not in, not in so the that's slightest. the other thing that I want to recommend to people is just like, take, take five minutes, man. Close yeah. the door, shut off the light. Be present in yourself and just think to yourself about who you are. That's, that's the one thing that, uh, that helps too because I sometimes get overwhelmed and it's not even so much that the work is, is hard. It's just that there's so much, it's coming at you from every angle. You're like, you're, and you're just like, I can't focus because it's coming from every angle. And a lot of times when it gets into that position, when you're just like, holy smokes, there's so much going on, that you say, fuck it, I'm going to do this small, medial task that I know mm. that I can accomplish, that's small, that, that mm. takes very little brain power. And a, and a lot of times, most people do this. Like, have you ever heard of the quadrants? The yeah, four yeah, quadrants? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, um... Where basically you have in quadrant run it has uh, important and urgent important and, and urgent which yeah. is there in quadrant two you have important mm -hmm. but not urgent in mm -hmm. quadrant three you have um, um, not urgent but uh, um, or urgent but not important but and then in quadrant four it's like not urgent and not, not important. important and most people they start doing when they get overwhelmed they start doing not urgent not important <laughs> shit and feel good about it so what happens is most people live their lives in urgent important which means that it has to get done right now right now like and so they live in this constant like ah oh with like work and everything with work, and whatever work, they're just with, always whatever we're always yeah. like we're yeah. behind you're always behind so you're like ah and you're trying to like catch up like phone rings and i'm like i gotta answer the phone and all this mm. stuff and so everything's urgent everything is right now it needs to be done right now right now right now and then it becomes so stressful that they say i can't do shit so then they move into quadrant four which is not doing urgent, shit not that's important. not important and not urgent which is usually like watching tv or just vegging out or doing nothing so what they're they're spending all their time in the stress mode and waste mode yeah. stress, stress mode waste, waste. I, I do i do think that people in our lives we do need to operate with a sense of urgency though because we're all um a sense of urgency is in a lot of us, well, not a lot of us, but I think society's become a little bit lackadaisical in certain senses, and we're, like, sense urgency with, let's say, people's health. Oh, I'll get to it tomorrow, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, it's I like, no, you got to take care of that shit right now. Like, for, for your health, you got to take your steps right now for your health. Well, yeah, you got to do it right now, but you're not going to be a bodybuilder right now. No, 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 that's so fine, that's, but that's, the sense urgency, like, I got I to gotta start getting healthy. But, because but, this but, is but the get... secret is, is to do things that are important, but not, not necessarily urgent. urgent. Yeah. And if you spend at least 20% of your time there, right, and if you're reflecting on that, then that's going to produce 80% of your results. This is like going back to like Stephen Covey's 
80-20 rule? Seven, seven habits of oh, highly, highly successful, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly effective people, right? Yeah. So if you're spending 20 of your percent of your time on important and not urgent, you're going to yield 80% of the results that mm -hmm. are going to be more beneficial. Uh, you're you're going to put more thought into what, what it is that you're doing and because it's not urgent now. Right? Because it's you're, not you're like, not, oh, i got to do it now, 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 yeah, now, now. Exactly. So it, it's, it's about... And the only way that you're going to do that is by having a sense of self-awareness yeah. of who you are and what's important to you. Mm -hmm. Like I'll never forget, like uh, uh, I used to do a leadership training course. One of the first things that I would do with the people would be like, okay, you're going to write your, um, your, what's it called when, your eulogy. I want you to write your eulogy. What do you want people to say about you oh, when yeah, you that's die? That's a tough, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that, that's like, that's the whole, that's the whole porch the, the sitting on a porch idea where you sit down and you tell your life story yeah. on a porch to like when you're done and you're like literally hanging out as an old man on the porch and you yeah. say what you did in your life. What, what, what yeah, what's, the point of, what's the point of what, writing what, the eulogy? What do, you, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral, man? Yeah. Like what would you want to, for people to say about you? Oh, myself? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, was he, honestly, I, he, like was, he was an honest man, he was respectful, he treated people I, the, kindness, the, the, like, the most important thing that I'd want people to say at my funeral is that when they had an interaction with me, they felt better about themselves. They, they were left better than they were when they Yeah, were they were left better meeting me than they were before they met me. And not like a, like a, oh, Cam's so amazing and he's cool, not the type mm, of that. It's yeah. like more of like a, a, a certain energy, like, yeah. wow, that was really cool interacting yeah. with that guy. That was the same he thing. Was insightful, I, you know. I've, like, uh, yeah. I've heard those experiences too, and they talk about people who are like dating. Like he says, okay, if if you date somebody, the whole idea is to leave them. Uh, when if it if you break apart, you want to leave them in a better state than when you found them. But most mm -hmm. people, what they do is they they find each other and then they destroy each other and then they leave yeah, in worse states and then they take that onto the next one and then all of a sudden the next person's got this programming in their brain and then the next person has to deal with the other guys yeah and everyone's dealing with people's other people's baggage other, other yeah. people's yeah. programming that they put into that person's brain oh i don't trust him because of, you know yeah. uh, you know every time he goes out with his buddies you know they mess up so like now you can't go out with your buddies because someone else was dishonest it's so like yeah, every time you go out with your buddies you get the third degree that's you know? tough though like in a, in a relationship uh I, that's hard if one if you get hurt if you get burnt one time by somebody it sticks. In, in, it a, sticks. in a certain a thing you're still like fuck what's she doing right now because my girlfriend cheated on me in that exact same way <laughs> yeah okay. fine barbara you can go and hang out with your ex-boyfriend yeah. i don't care it's all good you're just sitting there like fuck man yeah right? you know what i'm saying like that's that's yeah. tough to do that's but, that whole trust and trust yeah and, uh, but they're two different well, people so this, she this could brings up a really good uh discussion yeah because uh you know i i like having this discussion about jealousy yeah because as men, I find that, that there's a fine line between jealousy and control, right? It, and and has, we want to like, well, and it can be, go either way, like for women too, right? Like jealousy and control. It has to do with a different, the type of love that you have. Have you heard about this? There's, there's materialistic love and then there's true love. Okay. So materialistic love is like possessional love. Yeah. So when people get jealous, it's a possessional love. It's a possessional like love. Like you yeah, are mine and yeah. no one else can touch you. And that's what ends up happening, and it's it's, but, it's a weird thing. Okay, but by the same token, though, is like if if your the if your rom your romantic interest is off doing things, you're still gonna be jealous. You get nervous. I don't you, know about jealous. I don't know about jealous. 
Is it trusting? It's definitely trusting. You, like, you, yeah, you definitely want to trust them. You definitely want to trust them, right? But then the thing is, like, what I'm trying to get at is, like, I think that there's guys that take it overboard and then it becomes, like, controlling. That's terrible. I know, yeah. I know I've seen guys right? do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've and, seen guys and, then do it, that. and then it gets kind of iffy and weird. And, and that gets into like a weird insecurity issue. Yeah. I, I yeah, had that's to on the guy. I, You're insecure, man. Let your girlfriend pretty I had much. To deal with, I had to deal with jealousy and I had to learn how to do it. And because I was, um, I was in a relationship where uh, she had a, a, like kids and had an ex-husband. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he was, he was around. <laughs> that's hard. That's that like I've never dealt with that before, and that was hard, man, to deal with that stuff because now you're dealing with someone who's like there, yeah, you know, and I'm just like, Ooh. Well, yeah, he's fixing the plumbing. Oh yeah, you heard about that? Yeah, story. he told me a story. Okay, that, <laughs> that pissed me off. That would cheese me off. That's disrespectful. That cheese me off not because in a sense it was jealous. I was like, that was a sign of like that was but disrespect. If I felt that I felt that was more of a disrespectful thing than it was a. Uh, a jealousy thing because yeah. yeah. I was thinking I was just like you she, didn't even ask me to fix the thing you didn't, yeah, I didn't even you, get the you opportunity could've, you could have fixed it uh, or I could have called someone yeah. to do it yeah. but, and, but, but it, just, in her mind she didn't think it like that she's just thinking she's in her brain oh, goes, oh he's, he works in construction he knows he can just come in and do it I'm just like but I live here I'm like, that's my job, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, this is my job, you didn't even bring, you didn't even give you're, me the opportunity. You, you're you just, getting territorial then. Yeah, I got territorial. <laughs> that's totally <laughs> fair. If the, if, I got territorial. If the girl brings her ex, ex-husband in to fix the plumbing in your house, it's kind of fucked. It would be should the we, same thing if I, like, brought... Should we do a poll right now? Do we should, should we do that's a poll? Be the poll. That'll be the poll, yeah. We do, poll. we do something called thought of, thought of the Day, or we do, like, a, we do Facebook polls on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah. That's our poll. That's the poll, right? Because, like, I was thinking to myself, like, what happens if, like... It's so girls can understand. What would you say if my ex brought me over dinner. some dinner? Or I even had her said, hey, my wife's gone. Do you mind just cooking me some, some of that nice uh, macaroni and cheese you cook? Because you're so good at it. Or you're like, yeah. whatever. I hope it's better than macaroni well, and cheese. Well, man, whatever. <laughs> Yo, there's some killer mac and cheese out there. But, like, right? oh, like, like, but how is like, it? I'm like, oh, well, she's a professional cook. You know, like, yeah. she's a really good cook. Like, that's, I didn't think anything of it. It's Dude, your wife deal. would kill you if you did that, that's, if you brought... But that's, that's, that's a comparison of, like, having some guy come over and... Fix the plumbing. Fix the plumbing, yeah. you know? Okay, okay. Do you know? I think, yeah. I think back to your jealousy thing, I think uh, if you're... My jealousy. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a jealousy problem. He just, he just brought the point up, yeah. I, I'm just saying, if you're, if you're jealous... Uh, that shows a, a lack of self-confidence in yourself because it's a sign okay, of insecurity. Hold, hold it's a small a sign because of insecurity. Like, okay, the reason why I bring this up is because some people, they would say that, okay, well, a certain level of jealousy is important. Is it healthy? It's, it's healthy and it demonstrates that you actually care about the person that you're romantically interested in. Yeah. Do you, would you agree with that? No. I don't think it's jealousy, but I think you need to lay down your boundaries. There's a difference. So like... You need to be aggressive in a sense that's not so much jealous, but it's it's laying down the ground rules and saying that's not like I'm saying what like prime example, what she had did to me was not so much a sense of jealousy, but it was a sense of like you don't do that. Yeah, you don't do and that. when you say you don't do that, you have those discussions, not in a sense that like where you're fighting, but you say this is not something you should do because yeah. this to me is a sign of disrespect. 
Yeah. I'm just like, and you need to show that you respect me. What about at that point? What about so like, because it's a, it's a it's a it goes both ways. Goes like I have yeah, to show you, you want me to respect. I'm like you. you don't want me going around and checking out every girl in front of you. That's a sign of disrespect. Yeah. Like the girl's not so much jealous, but it's, it's a disrespectful when I'm like you got one girl on your arm and you're checking out someone else's ass. Well, you got a girl on your arm. That's disrespectful. Not so much jealous. It's disrespectful. What about, That's what people get upset. What about this situation? It's not disrespectful. You're out for dinner with your girlfriend, right? And you're in a, in a group setting with friends. And there's another guy in there who's just making her laugh. And she's laughing at every little joke and every little thing there. And they're making eye contact. You could see this type of stuff. What, what, well, the, what then's happening that's there? Depends like, on I wish depends I could on make her laugh depends like on, that. Depends on the karma. You remember we watched that one television show? Which one? The one TV show where the girl was laughing at all her ex uh, ex boyfriend's. Uh, uh, was that a was that a Black Mirror thing? Black Mirror thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At yeah, all yeah. His jokes. Sometimes you catch that chemistry and you go like, "Are you jealous about it?" Well, you can catch it sometimes, but you can feel that. You can go like, "What's going on here?" Like what? I felt it. Like you can feel it. Like there's certain things that you're just you're mm. not stupid or oblivious <clears throat> to. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. people can't hide that, and you're just like, but that's when that whole distrust comes into place because. If you don't have confidence in your relationship and all of a sudden you're with your girl and she's, she's fishing in other ponds while she's with you and you catch that, that's when, that's when uh, the arguments start. That's when the disrespect, it's all disrespect, yeah. right? But you, okay, so back to, back to your jealousy thing. That's actually <laughs> not your jealousy thing. Um, so you're, you're saying it's healthy to have a small amount of it? Yeah, I would say that it's, uh, it's important to, to make, or to, it's important to make sure that the other person feels cared for. Mm -hmm. So by demonstrating a certain level of jealousy, you're actually saying, hey, I care about you. Right? So, yeah, I know that you were having, we were out for dinner the other night and you were laughing at that guy's jokes. I was a little bit concerned. Yeah. But it's because I care about you. I don't want to try to control you. I'm not trying to say don't ever laugh at anybody's jokes. I'm just saying that... I saw that, and I don't know. I think that's a self. That's 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 in. That's not her, that's not her problem, though. That's not a, her issue. Like, it, sure, yeah, if you feel that. No, but you're just thing. communicating how you feel. Yeah. You're not saying, I don't want you to do that anymore. Yeah, that's controlling. There's a fine line between. Yeah, and this is this is why I initially that's brought you, this yeah, up is because I think that there's a lot of guys out there that have control issues when it comes to their relationships with their women. I know right. girls, this is, this is crazy. It, yeah, I know, but both ways, both ways. It goes ways. both ways. There's, yeah, yeah ways. both ways. There's, uh, there's people that I know that don't even look me in the eye when they see me because they have boyfriends who Getting made... nervous about you. No, they made the girls cut all their, not just me, they made the girl cut uh, Facebook ties off, like, like... And see, this is what I'm talking that's about. Not, that's not healthy. No, no, this shit's crazy. Because because they're, 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 they're living in fear at These girls point. won't even say that's hi to me. That's when it's not good, because exactly. then you're living and, in fear. And this is why I bring, I bring it up, because, like, this is an actual problem in our society, because, like, this is my segue into domestic violence, just so you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's what I was... Dude, that's what I was thinking. I thought, because I, cause I, I, I seen the guy, and I was like, yo, this guy totally just freaking... Yeah. Scared just well, he's on like these dudes are on steroids and stuff, and I'm just like, yo, I know what's yeah, going and on and in this and relationship. That's, and that's the thing, like, and it happens. What ends up happening is like, and I can I can see that where like they love the guy so much, but they know that he gets triggered and he loses his shit. 
So they don't want him to lose his shit. So they really try to like make sure that the environment. They is walk on. Be they walk on eggshells. That shouldn't be her problem. That's not her problem. No, no, no. That's it's the guy's problem. problem. It's not. But it becomes her problem when he loses his shit <laughs> because he's it lost does, his but, shit. But, and he but, does, but see, okay. she doesn't want to experience so then, that. So then the question becomes: Okay, so like I think that more men need to have these discussions with each other, and 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 we need to talk to other men about: Hey, man, there's a big difference between jealousy and control, and controlling and fear and fear and like getting out of that place a real man doesn't do you that know, a real you know man what, doesn't. like there's i've had these well, what's a real man listen man i've right? had these discussions though like i've had these discussions where someone was trying to teach me it's better to have someone fear you uh than like you like respect you than like you and, and, and i'm just like dude i'm yeah they want it it's better to have someone respect you than like you and i'm just like yeah but they don't respect you they fear you you. it's a completely different sign of respect like i'm not respecting you because i think you're an awesome person i'm i'm trying not to i'm trying not to walk right yeah you were like no i want i want people that interact with me to be like oh i'm a a better person because i i've met cam i bumped into that guy yeah you know and then and this is what we're after in society i think man it's just like imagine we all wanted our eulogy to be like that right and like we're we're having like good healthy relationships with other people and then that's why I kind of brought it up because it triggered that in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. Because one of the things, one of the issues that I like to work on as, a, as an MLA is domestic violence. And it's, uh, and it's becoming a, a thing about how do we prevent domestic violence from happening? And it all has to do with healthy relationships. You know what it has, a lot of it has to do is money. <laughs> well, you know, a that, lot of these arguments come as, as a trigger. It's like money. Not is, having like money. Ha- not having enough money and being stressed about bills and all I that I don't think you stuff. can blame any actions on... Like, you, there's no way anyone should be hitting somebody no. in a relationship, regardless of money issues or mental abuse. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. But the reality is that that's it happening. It does happen. It's happening out there. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Dude, emotions it, go wild, man. When you lose control, the emotions just go nuts. And everyone, yeah. and it just escalates. It goes... Well, mic, I know, I know, I, I know people who have had domestic rela- violence relationships, both physical and mental abuse on both physical, sides, yeah. fe- female yeah. and male. Um, yeah. money, money, wasn't even a, money wasn't a problem. It was just, there's other, I, I, I see money being a, a big issue with families being torn apart, this, that, whatever, and all sorts of stuff. Money causes a bunch of problems when there's but also normally that, a lack of it. But also that there's also other issues that occur, like, you know, mismanagement, disorganization, trust, that even cause the money to even become an issue. Yeah. Well, if, right. you give, if you give a poor person a million dollars, they're just a poor person with a million dollars. So they'll bumble that money regardless. Yeah. Like I've, I'll, I've, I'll put, I'll, I'll straight up say that. You can, you can throw all the money at this relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it's still gonna be a fucked yeah. up relationship. You know, I've learned this too. Like, so I heard the the greatest thing about this is, is like, where most people who who are having trouble financially, they've all, in their brain, and it's weird in their brain. They're thinking, all they I don't need do, more money. All I gotta do is make more money. All I gotta yeah. do is make more money. I mean, it's like, it's if you are no, it's not even that. It's like, it's you have to think of it in the sense of working out. If you can't work out with twenty pound weights, giving you hundred pound weights. <laughs> Is not going to help you get get learn how to work out. It doesn't work that way. All you're going to do is you're going to just create a hundred pound, you know, a hundred pounds worth of money problems because you don't know how to manage the small amount. You got to be a good steward of what you have, and then you'll be blessed with more. And that's how it works. If as soon as you, you'll never so, you'll never get more than what you can actually handle. The way life works, it'll never give you more than what you can handle. Mm 
any problems or anything, you always get what you can handle. If you learn how to organize, the more organized you learn, the more responsibilities you end up getting. And the responsibilities become, and they, they compound over top of each other because you learn how to, to manage it. To manage it, and it starts mm -hmm. to managing. So you have to, if you only make $20,000 a year, learn how to manage $20,000 to where you know where every penny is going. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you can figure out how that flow is, you can turn that $20,000 into $100,000, into $200,000, into $300,000. But you have to learn how to move that stream in the direction you want Very because wise. if you move all this and I, this is what I learned because I started I, I never grew up what happens if you take that 50,000 and then leverage it from the bank and you, you're able to get you know a couple couple hundred K out of that yeah oh, and you will make money then <laughs> then you can help more people and that's yeah. what ends up happening is you can help more people but mm. like what I was learning because I was learning a lot about financials and because financials are a big thing and if what finance is what I was learning is uh, money is currency. It's, it's, it's called currency for a reason. It's like water. If you think about water, if you have water streaming in multiple different directions, it's just basically, it has no direction. It's mm -hmm. going, you have a small stream going here, a small stream going there. You have no power. There's no mm -hmm. strength. The only way you can get strength is by taking all those streams and focusing it into one direction. Then you get yourself a little, a little, Instead of a bunch of creeks, you get an actual little river. Yeah. And then that river now has a direction and a flow. Now it can grow. Now it can get bigger and bigger and bigger because now you have a flow and you can now figure out how it actually works. No, no, not a lot of people do that. They nickel and dime themselves on all sorts of things and it's not, uh, money management's not directed. They're it's not directed at anything. Yeah, they're not thinking about how much they're spending, right? And, and that's, a, that's an important thing. Like you need to know how much money you're making. Where it's going. And then where it's going. <laughs> it's not that difficult. It's just no. basically input output. Same thing with uh, getting healthy. It's like yeah. if you input garbage, you're going to output your garbage. garbage. If you input mm. a, not a lot of money and you output more than what was inputted, you're going to end up Having to go to debt, yeah. Canada or money lenders and <laughs> get a five. No, that's terrible. There are people yeah. lined up around the door for that stuff. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, and that's, and that's all it is. It's just because you have no idea. And, it, and it's, <clears throat> then this is where like the, we all need to learn as a society, like how to money, manage money. If we want to talk about programs realistically, mm -hmm. I would start money management programs, like where people can kind of oh, yeah. can come in and learn how to manage money. Like you teach people how to manage money, you'll get more people that have money. Yeah. Like that's the one thing that I think people should learn how. Like it almost should be in, in taught in school. We're just not taught this stuff. Nobody's yeah. taught it, so nobody knows how it works. And then, except for you know the small few that actually do get taught it at a young age and create ha habits. Good you know, habits. Good habits good that they habits, do. Mo yeah. Good money habits of like taking money, putting it aside, putting this money over here, putting that money over here not borrowing too much money, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, there's all these habits that they, they put into place. Right. You know, like I, I learned one good um, interesting thing, the banks will get pissed off because I'm telling this, but what ends up happening is like, there's a thing called, um, um, and there's different, different types of it, but critical, critical illness insurance, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you get critical illness insurance, the way that they set it up is saying, they'll sell it to you as saying it's like a savings account. So you put your money, 100 bucks a month, into this critical savings insurance, and it's an insurance policy that you pay until you're 65. And at the end of your 65, you get your $50,000 back that you put in. Mm -hmm. So you think, oh, sweet, I'll put my money in this, like a bank, I get my money back, right? Mm -hmm. And if something happens to you, you have 
$50,000 that they'll give to you automatically in between that time mm -hmm. to the end. What they don't tell you is <laughs> how compound interest works and that you could probably buy that same insurance without getting your money back for like $25, take that $75 and put it into a, an investment bank and mm. when you come out, you don't come out at 65, you don't come out with $50,000, you come out with $100,000, $200,000 based on compound interest and the, and the uh, mm. portfolio you put together. Mm. So if you look at the same amount of input, which output do you want? Yeah. Do you want the $200,000 output at 65 or do you want the $50,000 input that you yeah. put back? Exactly. You know? I was always taught that uh, uh, the bank... <laughs> The bank only looks out for number one. That's what they always look out <laughs> well, for. Look at look at look at your look at the size of your house and look at the size of the bank's house. Who's who's making twenty percent on their money and who's making two percent on their money? Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's, yeah, the banks yeah. aren't in it for our better interest. No, they're, they're not. They're in it for themselves. Well, on that they're one. they're they're in it because they they're trying to make sure that they help they help sustain the wealth in society, right? So I mean. I don't know. They just they figured out a way to keep money. They got lots of money, man. Yeah. Well, at the <laughs> end of the day, of banks are corporations, right? And then at the end of the day, it's the bottom line for them, and they need to make profit for their shareholders. And then that's the reality that, that they're living with, right? And then, but we just need to understand that. We just you know, like don't think of them as nobody. Nobody's doing you a favor. Right? No, no, no. They're no. not doing no favors. In fact, they're looking out you're, for you're the one doing them a favor because you're providing. Well, if you're put, putting money in the bank, you're providing. You're money. giving them money to lend out. To exactly. So if you if you put a hundred thousand dollars in their bank, that means they can lend out a million, mm -hmm. with fractional banking, mm -hmm. right? So they lend out a million and they make a hundred thousand mm -hmm. off of the interest off of a million dollars, right? Because they lent it out to, you know, to nine other people, yeah. that same amount of money. I mean, yeah. that's how they that's how they set their business up. So I mean. Yeah. Just learn, learn the rules to the game and play it to the best of your ability. Exactly. Learn the rules to the game. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Just learn the rules of the game. Yeah. So where do we go learn these rules? <laughs> There's ways. There's lots of ways. You yeah. can hit up Google. There's lots of ways you, yeah. can, you can learn so, the rules to those games. Well, and it goes back to what you were talking about before in terms of like, what are you putting in? What are you putting in your head? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, I don't, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I know that people need to veg out and chill sometimes and just relax and just watch some stupid show whatever their stupid show is that they watch on Netflix but also take the time number one reflect on yourself who are you as an individual what's your eulogy mm -hmm. and then learn as much as you can man learn is learn the rules of the game did you actually write your eulogy did you write one I did write a eulogy yeah, yeah. And what do you do with it after did you just keep it and put it in a, in I, a I have it safety it. deposit do you want box? people to actually read it no, no. Oh, okay, I, like I at your funeral, hey, can you read my eulogy? <laughs> well, I, I was telling oh, him, he, was, he, wrote, he wrote in his will all the this, all this shit that I did to corrupt him. <laughs> so he, <laughs> if he ever passes away, he's going to throw me under the bus. Yeah, I'm throwing him under the bus for every <laughs> bad thing I've ever learned from him. Yeah. All the bad yeah. stuff that he learned from me. <laughs> yeah, everything. Uh, that's in my eulogy, and they're going to say it. And he'll be the only one laughing. <laughs> because I'm the only one that's gonna that, that's know gonna that understand. he's, he's yeah. know that he's he's trolling me. No. <laughs> I'm gonna be there laughing. Death. After, gonna, death after death troll. After death troll. I'm nice, laughing and everyone's nice. like, everyone's just like Steve. Just pissed at you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this guy threw me under the bus, man. Speaking of funerals, have it actually never mind. That's a <laughs> that was a bad. Well, no, 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 no. That's that's a, that's a hilarious. That segment. was a dark No, 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 no. This this one's funny. It's it's kind of funny, but not really. But I just saw this guy, and he got like. His funeral was he was he was sitting exactly how I'm sitting, 
No but he had a way. he had a, a a weed like he was just smoking a dub and he was just like he had sunglasses oh, on. Oh, like Weekend at Bernie's. Style? And he was he was sitting on the table. That, and that's, that's the way he wanted. That's to be. how they presented him, just chilling. <laughs> and he's just like he's got sunglasses on, and they just partied around him. And I watched a video of them just having a party with him, just chilling. This was for real. This is like, a real, yeah, this yeah. Is like that's total Weekend at Bernie's style. Man. No, no, this was this was a legit funeral. That's how a they legit funeral. Yeah, that's how they that's how they set wow. him up. Like they like like. Uh, what is it, the mortuary well, or whatever? Yeah, the... yeah, maybe that's the way the guy wanted to go. So I know. <laughs> however you want to go, man. Chilling. However just... you want to go. And then his buddies were sitting with him at the table and stuff, and they're just like drinking and smoking weed, and he's just sitting there. Like, it's freaking weird, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, was a, that was a, I don't know, I saw that and I was so baffled. I was like, is this serious? But Hey, do you know this? I don't know, this is kind of a random question because he brought it up. I always thought about it. Do you know about the burial plots? Like how you, they don't want to basically sell burial plots anymore because it, it, it takes up the land. I didn't, like, well, no, I did not notice. Like this is, I don't know if you've heard of this before. I think. Like, cause Funerals like, are a crazy business. Well, because no, like, because like a graveyard. Like, not enough, there's not enough graveyards. Yeah, well, not enough land, yeah. There's too much, just, well, if, there's, if everyone ends up in a graveyard, then we're, what do you do? Because you can't dig them up, mm-hmm. right? But the guys who buy land, they make a shit ton of money selling small plots because mm. there's because you're selling these plots for three four thousands like you know like when you yes. buy a land, piece of land and you're selling houses and stuff yeah if you break those into smaller little lots you have like hundreds of thousands and two hundred thousands oh, of yeah. these little tiny lots that you're That's... selling for two three thousand dollars what a plot. what red tape do you have to go through to do that I'll buy a piece of land right now and I'll be like yo guys bring them in let's go <laughs> but that <laughs> You have to go through the city of Edmonton. You do, hey? You're my guy then. (laughs) (laughs) But that's but that's what I'm saying. But like, I think what ends up happening is that these these grave these graveyards, you can't touch them afterwards. Ever? No. Ever? You can't dig them up. They're protected. They're protected forever. Forever. That's why just like no more burials. Everyone's cremated. But then there's a whole religious side of that where people are like, no, I want to be buried. So like, this is like, well, what do you do? How does this work? How do you do? Yeah, I don't know. Well, there's a there's an abundance of land around us. Like drive 20 minutes south. Well, after you well, get out of Well, that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take, right? And yeah. if people wanted to get, to continue doing that, right? But yeah. Then, you yeah. say okay, yeah, you're going to have to get buried way out in the boonies or somewhere. You know. But, but you know that brings up an interesting topic because it's like we we live in a in a time where people st- are starting to define themselves as more spiritual rather than religious. Yeah. Right? So I don't know if that's a topic that you ever got on. on, on oh, we show. go on that shit all the time, bro. Oh, really? Stevie's exactly. been on that shit. I've been on that trip. I'm, I'm, I'm. Um, don't get him started. Actually, he'll go off. I'll go off. Yeah, I'll he'll go, go off, off because I've seen some stuff. Mm-hmm. I've seen some stuff. So, like with people who are spiritual, like the spiritual realm is to me is a, it's a dangerous realm, in the sense that like there's a whole whack of spirits that are out there and. Some are good, some are bad, but they're out there. And it's like this little spiritual war that's happening in that realm. And it's like, and we, like they talk about like, we're, we are not at war with each other. Like, like human beings. Even. Flesh, in terms of flesh. And this in is where flesh. people forget that the war is not between flesh and flesh. The war that's going on is between spirits and spirits. There's a bunch of spirits that basically are rebelling and they're trying to take over different vessels and there's and they they are in the other realm that we can't see they're here we just can't see them they're they're around us all the time 
Rod's and, looking at you like the like fuck you going and on, Steve. And they're basically, looking at them. <laughs> and they're at war with each other, right? Like because they're, okay. they're they're at war with each other because there's yeah, there's no. basically and that <laughs> that has nothing to do with that has nothing to do with uh, I told you with the with with the physical form with the physical form. Yeah. So no. so when people that's why people they say they get pissed off at it. I'm mean, just like you can't get mad at someone else. Like everyone's journey is their own. I don't know if you you can't. So like you can get mad at other people, man. What do you mean? If someone fucks up, you can't be like, oh, the spirit made him do it. Oh, like, no, yo, like no. But what I'm but, yeah, but what I'm saying is that you don't punish you don't punish the flesh for for the decisions of the soul because the the soul is gonna end up has its own has its own issues to deal with. They're dealing with their own problems. What do you mean you don't punish the flesh? What are you talking about? You don't punish the vessel for what the soul's done. Like you can't. Like you can't. If if the vessel starts attacking other vessels, like that's where there's. A so problem. like when when you're like a little kid and you're dicking around, your dad shouldn't like spank you at all. No. What are you talking about? I'm saying like if someone does something bad, you're saying you should not punish him. So whatever you want to do, spiritually, whatever you want to do, as long as you don't interfere with what other people are doing. You can do whatever you want. But the second that you start to inflict your physical realm on someone else or your physical behavior on other people, that's when it becomes an issue because now you are... Spiritually in, speaking. Affecting the other person, right? So you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to spiritually, you're not supposed to basically inter, in, engage into others. You can, you can try to help and guide and people are, mm-hmm. you know, can, can learn from each other. Like yeah. we're here, we can learn from each other and stuff. But I can't tell you what you're doing is wrong or right. I can't tell you what you're doing is wrong or right. Because I don't know yeah. what you're going through. And I don't know what you're going through. Yeah, I don't know their own battles. Journey. Everyone's on their own journey. Everyone is here to learn So like if I was lessons. like a raging massive alcoholic, you couldn't be like, okay, I'm like, you're not really doing, that's, you're not, that's not good. That's a struggle. It's a struggle. That person, so you could, that you person is an alcoholic. But, is, is, but is, the question becomes... Is, is under a struggle. You couldn't tell, you couldn't tell me, okay, you should probably put the bottle down a little bit. Okay, but, 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 but the, the, it becomes a, an issue of how do you deal with the, the person now? Like, so we're going back to like the interaction that, that people want to have, that you want people to have with you is to be an insightful, positive one. So how do you approach the alcoholic now knowing that you want them to come out a better person after having the interaction with you. Do you think that by having a more authoritative or authoritarian kind of perspective on their alcoholism? No, not in the slightest. Right? Alcohol is not even the problem when when people are alcoholics. There's a deep root issue. Yeah, yeah, but, but uh, we're just I'm, using that as an example, right? Yeah, so, that's just an example. If you approach it in an authoritarian way, kind of like, man, you're screwing up, and like, you know, like, like really harping down on them. What are you going to do? You're just going to drive them further down. This right? is this is this is a problem. If we're going to talk about alcoholism, is is the distraction? It's the it's the distraction. Yeah. Every everybody has all you have is the choice, the time that you have, the the whenever the your Whenever your, your, your opportunity or your decision comes in front of you, all you have is your choice. That's mm-hmm. all you have. You mm-hmm. have no control over anything else. You have your choice. So drugs, alcohol, all of these other things that, that mm-hmm. come into play all are just distractions. Yeah. And what the distractions do is they, they, they take your focus away from the opportunity and the choice and they make you make bad decisions. So what ends up happening is, is when you make those bad decisions, those dark essences start to enter into your vessel 
and you get so far when you get so far rooted in there that you're lost you become completely lost because now you have lost complete control because now you're mm -hmm. now you're no longer making the ch decisions between good and bad you're making decisions between bad and bad worse. and not so bad yeah. you know like you're now in this weird position and like it doesn't happen overnight it happens mm. from like one bad choice over another over another or so it's not about telling people that they're wrong is that you have to recognize that I'm just like try to help people try to come out but in the end it's you can't change anybody it's their own they decision they have to change themselves they have yeah. to just basically you know make their own choices and their own decisions and their own understand what is going on and really see what's happening but we help them by understanding that those options are there for them to choose yeah. from right that's the thing is that that's what a good friendship or or good relationships and healthy relationships in society are all about is like you you can either like push people down or you can lift them up yeah right and, and that's the thing it's like that's the kind of person I'm trying to do is or be is one that helps others by listening. Encouragement, them stuff like that. Yeah, those are yeah. all good. And it, and it doesn't mean that you have to be like, oh, Mr. Nice and I love everybody. No, no <laughs> man. It's just like sometimes the best. Sometimes you got to be your parent. Like so, you just some, said. Well, sometimes you got to be like, hey, man. That's what I'm saying. I think that uh, there's times for yeah. tough love. People need some, there's Sometimes people need a hug and sometimes people need a kick in the ass, to be completely honest. Yeah, but it's like, how do you how do you give them the, the kick in the ass in the most respectful way possible? Is the question, right? But no, it like depends you, on the relationship. Yeah, you, like, it depends yeah. on the relationship, right? They but can't I mean, be going out. You can't be going out. You can't be going out kicking every. But if it feels like your best buddy, it's give, so you can I, probably give them a kick in the ass. But you're fucking I'll, up, man. I'll yeah, you, I'll give you an example. Like I've I've kind of moved really really close to uh, to Christ and to into Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't I don't agree with people on the streets going. You're going to hell. You're going yeah. to hell. Oh, You're yeah. a sin. You're, oh, that's all I'm judgment, just like, man. Yeah. I'm just like, it's, it's not even the judgment. It's just like, it's like, uh, that's not how it works. I'm just like, you can't bring, you can't show someone love and compassion when you're telling them that They're you're, going, you're to going to hell. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, it's just like. It's yeah, you do that to me all the time. Yeah, because you're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, no. just, I'm just being honest yeah. with yeah, you. Yeah, you, you. You are too. You. You're going too, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna exactly. have to go and pull you out. You're gonna pull shit out. You man. know, I'm gonna be. <laughs> I do it all the time. I'm just like, right I don't know. I'm like, where have you been, man? He's <laughs> chasing dragons around. Hey, what's <laughs> happening with you? What's going on? Oh, jeez, what do you say? Jeez, this guy, man. <laughs> I'm not chasing no dragons, man. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> uh, let's talk about. Uh, let's get close to wrapping this up. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about some of the books you recommend for people to read. You were like talking about that. Uh, Are you yeah. reading any books right now? Yeah, or? no, I did. I have been reading books. Uh, one of them that I read is uh, "I Am Malala," the story about Malala Yousafzai. She's a Pakistani young woman. She was shot in the face by. I think terrorists. I, yeah, I think I saw that yeah, one. That's a girl who was uh, she telling her story, and she was hit under the underneath the boat the, the boards under. Yeah, she was hiding. in a she was shot in, in the she face. Was, she was on a bus because at that time in Pakistan it was taken over by um, uh, oh now I can't even remember the name of the terrorist India? group. Uh, no, no, uh, but uh, but basically they got on the bus and it was like some young terrorist guy was just like girls shouldn't be going to school. And uh, they ended up shooting her right in the face. Oh, because she was going to school. Hamas? Because school she bus. was going to school, yeah. And, uh, was it Hamas? 
Hamas? No, not Hamas. It was um, in Pakistan at the time. I, I was just remember. trying to help. I was just trying to help. I don't know. What's either. Osama bin Laden's uh, crew? Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda. I think it was Al Qaeda. Yeah. If I'm, I could be mistaken, but, but uh, I'm choosing to focus on the positive side of the yeah. story, right? But anyways, so she ends up getting shot. She's uh, then her family ends up taking her to England. And she gets reconstructive surgery and everything like that. And uh, but she tells the whole story of before. Pakistan used to be like pretty progressive place. Like people used to like dress more modernly, things like that. Used to be more socially, you know. Like there wasn't so much judgment about who you were going around. Well, I mean, there was always a, a certain level of, you know, women couldn't be just going out with anybody, right? Because mm -hmm. there's certain. Um, rules uh, within Islam and things like that that they have to uh, abide by uh, abide by and things like that but at the same time it wasn't like a repressive uh, society on women before the Taliban that's what it was it's the Taliban before the Taliban actually came in the Taliban took things to a whole different level right in terms of their interpretation of Islam and uh, made it very repressive on women so that was a really interesting book to read, yeah, uh, one that I, I highly recommend. Um, the other one that I read that was, uh, oh, now I'm trying to remember what the name of the book is. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But I, like, I love reading Rumi. I love reading Rumi, right? So Rumi? Rumi is... R-U-M-I? R-U-M-I, yeah. So Rumi was uh, uh, an, uh, um, a Sufi poet. So Sufi is a, a line of Islam. Yeah, and and he was just this fantastic poet. I'm trying to remember the name of the book now off the top of my head. You know, discuss amongst yourselves. I'll 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 I'll, I'll pick it up here quickly. Yeah, I have I have, have the name of the book. book. I really want to share. No, it. I've heard of Rumi before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually that's yeah. I've heard of it. I've heard yeah. of that. Never read it before. Is though. it an actual book though? No, Rumi's no, the, Rumi's author. the poet. Rumi's the, the poet. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's the poet. Yeah, I think it's just one poet. name. It's just Rumi. What's the Chilean poet again? Uh, Pablo Neruda. Neruda. Pablo Neruda. Neruda. Pablo Neruda, yeah. I haven't read his stuff, but uh, he was supposed to be a really good poet, too. Yeah, Rumi's uh, Islamic, yeah? Yeah, so uh, one something that I haven't shared with you and haven't shared with many people, actually, is the fact that back in October, I reverted to Islam. Yeah. Yeah, and that's been, and that's been kind of like the... It's the work-life balance thing and trying to like really understand who I am and... And I've always kind of been a very religious person. Like, um, you know, we come from Catholic background. Roman Catholic. Roman yeah. Catholic background. And um, so for me, it became a big part of the people that I was surrounding with myself with. A lot of them were Muslims. And I was just like looking at their example of how they live and all these things. And I was just like, well, like, why is it that I'm like surrounded by all these Muslim people? And like, they're just like really great people, like people that I trust. So then I started, so then last Ramadan, so we're, we're, we're getting really close to Ramadan. Ramadan is the, the month in the Islamic calendar where, where Muslims fast from sunrise, to, sunrise sunset. to sunset. So last Ramadan, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to fast with the community because I just want to know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. So I started fasting and... At first, I was I was drinking water, and then a Muslim friend of mine was like, "No, no, 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 no! You gotta fast from everything. Like, no water, no food during the day." So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do this for real. Like, I really want to know how it feels." 
And then I'll, <laughs> I'll never forget that first day of fasting from water and food the entire day. I, I remember going home and a long time ago, like a friend of mine had, had um, uh, given me a, a Quran that they gifted to me a long time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start reading the Quran. So I'm just kind of flipping through the Quran and I'm just like reading and then all of a sudden I come across the Book of Mary. And I'm like, the Book of Mary? And it's just like, because you know, you often hear that Muslims also believe in Jesus. Well, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, it's all about the laws, right? right. So I got I to gotta read the Quran too, but they, mm -hmm. they're similar to, to Judaism where it's, you follow the, the law. The law of um, it's all connected they're all connected so it's, it's still yeah. same things with the angels the angel mm. it's all about the angels it's all about uh, uh, the divine God like they're the same they all come from the Torah which is uh, which is the, the law so this is where mm. this is where things get kind of because Judaism is you follow the law the law of the Torah yeah and then Islam is also follow the law the the law of the Quran yeah, which is and connected. Yeah. Which are connected. The, the thing is, is the Quran is supposed to be uh, a true representation of the scriptures because the scriptures change so much over the time. <coughs> yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Where Christianity falls in the, in, in the mix of all of the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the Torah and the Quran is that the Christianity says that we are all sinners. We cannot follow the laws. As much as we try mm -hmm. to follow the law and to, and to, and to move through the law, mm -hmm. we cannot... We cannot uh, not be sinners. We will end up always being sinners. Be sinners We're yeah. always going to be sinners. So the whole thing with Christianity is, and this is where the difference is with the, with because uh, Jesus is huge in the Quran as well. They just yeah. they just don't believe that he was the the, the son of God. the son of God. And the difference is is Jesus Christ is um, carried the Holy Spirit of God. So when he was when he was killed. He released the Holy Ghost. So only what the whole in Christianity is, is if you can take on the Holy Ghost within you by accepting the sacrifice, you take on the Holy Ghost, you get cleansed with mm. all of that stuff. Now from there, you can go and follow the laws, right? Yeah. And, and, and be a good, a good, like follow the laws that are there. But only, but that's the whole difference between the Christianity is only when you accept the Holy Ghost, you fully get cleansed mm -hmm. from that sacrifice, from that lamb and the sacrifice. So those are the differences. I haven't read the laws of the Quran, mm -hmm. um, which, because I'm still going through the whole Bible, but like mm -hmm. I'm literally learning all learning, of it. Learning because all like, of it, eh? yeah. like I said, like reading the Old Testament, I'm like, wow, man, this is heavy and it's hard because mm -hmm. it's, uh, because it's, because it's written in duality. So this is the thing. So this is where all the spirituality, because I went through a lot. So we live in duality. We live in a realm where there's good and bad. You can't have one without the other. You cannot have um, love without hate. So you, that's why we are here to experience it. That's why we want to be here. Mm -hmm. Outside of this realm, we are all one. But you have no idea what love feels like because you are part of everything. Mm -hmm. You are all of it. Yeah. But in this realm is duality. So when you read the books, you can take things and you can get dark messages from them or you can get uh, uh, positive messages from them. Yeah. So when you read those laws, that's why I'm saying there's certain things that come in there and it goes, 
they come across as sometimes dark unless you can read it with the interpretation of mm. a good light. That's where mis the, the misinterpretations come in. That's where like yeah. these whole arguments come in and people fighting and all this stuff like that. The end of it is like if you read all of these laws in a, in a, in a perspective of love and respect and, and, and treating all well, that stuff, and, that's and, where it all comes from. And, and that's what Islam is, right? And, I, and the, that's the journey that I went through last Ramadan when yeah. I started reading the Quran, right? Because like, there's so many, like, for people who, who aren't Muslim and for people who have never, all they hear about Islam is what they see on TV or they're a bunch of terrorists or... Those people, this, those people are, are not, they're like, they're not, they didn't read, the, they don't, they're not yeah. truly... People yeah. who say they're Muslim but don't read the book or read the Quran or, or follow the laws, I'm like, you're truly not, you can't, yeah. it's like the same thing as like, I can't, say I'm a, I can't say I'm a Catholic or a Christian if I don't go to church or yeah. don't go, and, and I don't follow the, the, well, the follow teachings. Follow the, the teachings, yeah. You don't read exactly. the teachings, you just basically yeah. labeled yourself, you just labeled yourself yeah, and then just say, oh. this is what I am. I'm just yeah. like, but are you? Like, you don't know any of the teachings. You don't yeah. follow it. I didn't know anything about Jesus Christ, and I was born up Roman Catholic. I just, mm -hmm. like, I've always had this wall up. Yeah. And I was always kind of like, but now only once I've accepted it, then I started reading, and then all of a sudden everything started to, like, these light bulbs started, started going off. Coming off. And like, what, what was the roomie? What was the roomie? Uh, did you figure it out? No, mm -hmm. I didn't figure it out. I couldn't find it, man. I couldn't find it. You're going to have to send it to us. I'm going to have to send it to you. But, I mean, like, for... for for the people out there, I just want to say that, you know, it's like, we all have, and I think that we're kind of conditioned in our society to just judge other people that are different from us, right? And then, so for me, going through the experience of Ramadan and fasting and then reading the Quran and everything, and it just, it just, it all started, like, like Christianity and, and believing in Christ made sense for you, it started making, Islam started making sense to me. Yeah. And, and then eventually I started, uh, after Ramadan was over, um, I decided that I was going to start eating halal food. I started like changing my whole life to be like more positive, more giving, giving back to, like even more giving back to community, trying to be as humble as I could possibly be. And, uh, and eventually it just, it, it came, right? I, the, the feeling came that like I, I, I want to I revert to Islam. I want to I be a Muslim now. And now I'm a proud Muslim, and I try to live my life as, as good as I can, and, and I want to try to educate uh, as much people out there about what Islam really is, as opposed to what they think it is, right? So I just want to encourage people to just get out there and just really understand others that are different from you, rather than just believing all the preconceived judgments that have been shared with you since, uh, you know, we're children. Like where it happens to all of us. Yeah, we're happen. just programmed. I like think a lot of I think a lot of uh, problems in our world just boil down from misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. Miscommunication, everything, all of that stuff comes down from miscommunication, from relationships to to all of that stuff. It just uh, well, we communicate pretty well, and I still don't like you. Yeah, I don't know. I lock. I try to lock my door before I go to bed. Yeah, this guy. This guy scares me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys shared the same bed. Oh yeah! <laughs> hey, you can't say you that. Can't say that live you on camera. You can't say that live on camera, man. People, people take shit literally, right? <laughs> yeah, we live in a busted oh, little apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still hate each other. It's yeah. like 
We just, we don't. I thought you just take we turns on the bed. Like, yeah. You yeah. got one shift, he's got the other shift. <laughs> you can only afford one bed. Oh, no, we don't shit, afford yeah, one bed. It's been, it's been one, one set of shoes. One, one set, set of shoes. shoes. Yeah. So I get pissed off because like, sometimes I, I want to go out and Cam already left and took the shoes with yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Kanye West used to do all his, all his little skits about we're broke, 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 flat broke. We ain't got it. And he's talking about eating. Yeah. I remember the time where we used to eat cereal with a fork because they needed to save the milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to save the milk? Yeah, to reuse the milk. Anyways, it's these Kanye West skits back yeah. in the day about being broke, but that that's just funny. reminded me of it. They say their whole crew only had one pair of pants and they would share the pants. Like, that uh, shit's funny. But yeah. Yeah, I think good. that's it. No, that's good. I was that's actually, good. I was really entertaining. Yeah, entertaining no, man, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad we covered a lot of issues, right? We, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's what we do here. It's just discussions, yeah. thoughts, just, you know, no, uh, no, keep open discussions. That way more people can kind of like uh, listen. And, and I think like, I think it's, it's, this is good for us too, because we learn to communicate a little bit better and, you know, and, and open up because we want to talk about some of these discussions that people are scared to talk about. But, yeah, we're going to, yeah, and uh, eventually we're going to start another YouTube channel here pretty quick mm-hmm. where we can take these. We have, we, we touched, we covered a lot of different subjects in this episode and we can actually take each one of those little subjects and compartmentalize them mm-hmm. and so, that e- specific so they're more digestible. Ah, cool. So okay, we could talk cool. about, we, we talked about maybe 10, 15 minutes domestic violence. We could have a little, a little thing on there. Mm-hmm. And if people don't want to listen to this whole episode, yeah, they could just listen to that little section that we talked about, or we just talked about this little section here. So it's right. more relevant for people and stuff like yeah, that and no, have communications. Cool. But yeah. But yeah. No, this is really great. This is wonderful. It's, uh, I think it's wonderful to be share ideas. It's, uh, it's what really makes society go around is like when we, when we talk about these kind of things, right? Yeah. So rather than just talking about... But that's, wh- that's where it comes from. It comes from different perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. So like everyone, everyone could there, uh, there could be five people that witness the same event same like for instance with me with the campfire with thing the campfire, yeah. and the perspectives are different because I can't see your your viewpoint right. and I can't see your viewpoint right. the only way I can see what's what you see and what you see is if you say I, something if about I, it if I can listen to you and you can tell me your viewpoint mm-hmm. and then I can listen to your viewpoint and you can tell me your viewpoint mm-hmm. so like all of us could have the same viewpoints or different viewpoints but all be true and all be right yeah. because we all experiencing from different perspectives. That's what people do. It's not like I'm right and you're wrong. It's just yeah. we all coming from different perspectives and we all see things differently because yeah. we don't we don't have the same eye set. So only when we come together as a group like that and we can learn to talk and communicate with each other, then we can see the whole picture. Yeah, I agree. Well, Rod yeah. Leola. Thank you. Thank thanks you so for having much, me on man. the show, man. Appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, no worries. Yeah, thank, thank you very you, much, sir. guys. Yeah. Uh, make sure you come check us out on the txcshow.com. It's my boy, Cameron Stripes. Yeah, Cameron Barkey here. Thank you guys for tuning in. We had Rod Laola, Steve Van Deest. Uh, take care. See you guys next week. Peace. See you guys.